Let's go down to ringside. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys very, very much for being with us here for episode number 148. It is Monday, September the 30th, 2019. As always, I'm Joe Morata, and that is Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Howdy, diddy. Well, Quinn, as the leaves begin to turn, we thank you guys for turning on OVP here. Oh, Ooh. yes. <laughs> Turning those leaves. As we fall into another oh, week of retro wrestling. there twice. Yes, uh, autumn. Okay, anyway, uh, thank you guys so much for being with us here. We're going to wrap you through the world of retro wrestling, as we are wont to do. Uh, but before we get to that, I want to remind you, if you have a tweeter... And you don't follow us yet? You're missing out. You're missing out some really cool, obscure video clips oh, lately. Yeah. Uh, Twitter.com. Twitter.com. Right? Website. <laughs> Go to What's our section on there. Our section is at OVP Podcast. Oh, it's a section. It's reserved right. for us. Yeah. That's right. You follow us there. It'll be a great time. We have a lot of obscure and some just fun video clips uh, that people have really been digging lately. You can also email us if you use that still at OVP Podcast at gmail.com. That is VP Podcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, there's on Facebook.com, there's a group to talk to you, me, and hundreds of other retro wrestling fanatics. Yes, Facebook.com slash at the bottom. It's a great site. It's wonderful, really. It's the uh, people's group for yes, retro wrestling. The people love it a lot, um, and they go there. Yes, and you they know do. how they do it? How do they do it? They use the search bar, okay, the yeah. uh, search bottom. Yeah, search, the search, search bottom. bottom mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you know you type in there our vantage point dash retro wrestling podcast, and then the tubes and the confluy happen and right. all that. And powered by confluy, powered by confluy. Right, it says it under the search bar like powered by like AOL. You know how they say back in the day or whatever. Lycos. Nowadays it just says powered by confluy. Yeah, and, the and then you know the operators they say hey hey this person wants to join. Good thing we're sitting here all day. <laughs> And then you're in. And that's it. And once yeah. you're in, you can talk about old wrestling with us. Uh, you can pose questions. You can make comments. You can ask things, post pictures. The whole point of this group uh, is to have fun talking about wrestling because I don't know if you guys have noticed this. There's a lot of places on the internet when you talk about the wrestling where, like, it's not fun. People are mean. I think we should, I think we should get the domain for this Facebook group change to fun.com. Just, that's it. Just... <laughs> How much does that cost? It's I don't know. Like millions of dollars for that. <laughs> Let's uh, please donate so we can reserve fun.com for our Facebook group. Yeah. But in all seriousness, if you like to talk about old wrestling, whether it's WWF or any promotion, really, whether it's 70s, 80s, 90s, even now, we can talk about some current stuff. Have fun over at our Facebook group. Just join the group, and uh, the operators are standing by, and they will let you in. They're, they will. They're good at that. They're very good at that. Excellent. Call center. <laughs> That's right. It's true. No we COD. Got, we so. get them that Wonder Bread, or what did we say we were going to get them? Not Wonder Bread. Donuts. Maybe donuts. Yeah, yeah. box of gel. Box of gel, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, if you like extra OVP content, we have a lot of it over at patreon.com slash OVP podcast, and we'll have more info on that later. But we have pay-per-view reviews, every single one it's in great. order. It's wild. Really. It is. WrestleMania 4 just came out. That was a two-parter. I don't know how management is containing that <laughs> website, patreon.com. Seriously. Podcast. You know, with tomorrow being the first uh, day of October, we've got WrestleFeast88 will be coming out uh, in October. Right. So we got a lot of stuff going on over at Patreon. Check it out if and only if you want to donate. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. But Quinn, we're counting down here. We only have a couple episodes left in this season where... 
counting down to 150. We're coming up on our three-year anniversary. 150-year anniversary. 150-year anniversary. And basically, we've been, as kind of a thank you to the fans and appreciation of sorts, we took a bunch of uh, questions, topics, suggestions, and we put them all into this wheel. We have a game show. Right. The game show is called Wheel You Stop. Wheel. Yes. And by random choice, we spin the wheel. Sometimes Quinn, sometimes me. You know, it depends. Whatever it lands on is what we're going to talk about for the opening segment. I think I did it last time, the spinning. I think it's your turn. Okay. Uh, so, well, so, yeah, go for it. Without any further ado, let's uh, let's start our game show. It's called Wheel You Stop. And, of course, here on Wheel You Stop, we have fabulous cash prizes for cash. We have a comedian. We have a comedian, a warm-up comedian that uh, entertains the audience, you know, yeah. telling jokes. He's always telling us jokes. very funny. See, he just told one right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and what we're going to do basically is we're going to spin the wheel here. Whatever it lands on, we are going to talk about for this first segment here. So I'm very excited, Quinn. You said I get to spin, which makes me very happy. It's your turn. All right, let's find out what we've got as I give the wheel the old spinneroonie. Okay, see here? Five time, five time, five time. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Come on. It is Joe Merkel. Wow, he did it. The Merc Man. The Merc Man. The Merc Man's in town. <laughs> Some guy named Vance White. Yeah. Uh, Joe Merkel. What a great <laughs> name he's got there, actually. Fox I really Twitter. like that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, ooh, Quinn. What has he got for us today? Get your uh, get your detective hat on here. My clipboard. Yeah. Uh, it, it's uh, on the case. Another again. on the case. Oh, yes. Okay. And it is, who would Hogan have faced at WrestleMania 3? If Andre couldn't have wrestled, well, mm. well, it's possible he couldn't have. You know, it's it is he possible. Had, he had problems. Get a back brace on. I think we need to get this uh, on the case intro though. This was a segment, folks, that we did uh, right many moons ago, several moons. Let's get that case man or yes. whoever says it. This is where Quinn and I became amateur wrestling detectives yep. for a season, and we tried to solve these things. It was it was a sordid affair. We uh, got fired, but let's yeah. not get into that right now. I don't want to. It's kind of like the movie Chinatown. It's just like we it had actually... to discover they were, you know sealing the water up or whatever yeah, they were doing. It's exactly what it was like. Yeah. Let's go to On the Case. You're on the case. On the case. You're on the case. You're the detective now, kid. And nothing's stopping you. There's justice to be served. So serve it. The year was 1987. In the build-up to WrestleMania 3, Vince McMahon and the World Wrestling Federation promoted a highly publicized main event of Hulk Hogan vs. Andre the Giant. However, for years, rumors have circulated that there was a chance Andre the Giant would not be able to compete in this match. Who would Hulk Hogan have faced then? And at the risk of letting down 93,173 fans, Quinn and I decided to get on the case. You know, I, I've always sorry. thought that... It- <laughs> There's definitely a lot of choices here. I think some people think there's only one, but I think there there were other choices. If you're talking about filling in 93 seat, 93, only 93 seats. 93, only 93 da- seats. You can 90, go to AWA for that. <laughs> anyway, you have 93,173 93, people no, that, right, that need to watch this thing, and yes. you want to get all of them there, right? So wait, I think it's all hands on deck. I don't care what story, whoever you have to yank out's involved in, because really? you need to, like do this shit okay you know uh, what i mean I, I i do know what you mean i don't know that yeah. i entirely agree but let's talk I, you don't agree but let's i'm talk. saying if, from a business perspective listen we're professional detectives yeah. here quinn yeah well, I, we know and business we're, we're gonna get to the bottom of this we're okay pros. we are we're the pros from dover 
Look, Mother, I want to go to work in one hour. We are the pros from Dover, and we figured to crack this kid's chest and get out to the golf course before it gets dark. So, uh, whether, and you know what? Maybe you're in the camp that says 78,000. Fine. If, if it was 60,000 seats, that's a lot. Right. You know what? 50,000 for yeah. them is a lot. Right. So yeah. don't fixate on the 93. Okay. We say that. The point is, there's a lot of people. It's a lot of tickets. And this is the third WrestleMania. And the second one had been. I guess a success financially, but creatively it was sloppy. It was a dump. It was sloppy. It was poor. So this was their shot at really establishing themselves as the WWF that would go on to, really, without hyperbole, global dominance in the wrestling world for the most part I think it throughout was also the 80s. The end of the line for WrestleMania as far as like make or break. Like they did two it's quite of them. Possible. And it, this is the third one. And, you know, if this one works, then they're going to have. A franchise on their hands. If this one sucks, it's Super Clash. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> okay, we're going to do something else. Right, now exactly. Yeah. Like AWA Super Clash, right. for example. Super Clash Three or Super Clash in Chicago on uh, December the thirteenth, I believe, is the date. It's going to be. Oh, what was that again? What date? It's uh, that's right. It's a cable special. The name that's often thrown around. And again, offhand, I don't know if this is true or not, uh, That, but I've heard is that Paul Orndorff was waiting in the wings, even up to the night of the show, that if Andre couldn't compete, they would somehow find a way to shoehorn Hogan's that, old rival into and this. And that makes sense. Um, where the fuck was Orndorff was there. by WrestleMania 3, though? Because like he's not even at the show. That's the thing. From what I've heard, they kept him... He was like an alternate or they something? They kept him, yeah, like benign, just in case he needed uh, to face Hulk so Hogan. He, he was the backup on the official level. I guess so. I mean, if you think about it, Quinn, they had just had their Saturday Night's Main Event cage match. Which, which was awesome. Yeah, well, it was. And, and it was a hot feud across the country. They were selling out arenas with that. And that cage match, that's the one with the double finish where they both hopped down at the same time. Right. That aired in January of 87. Right. So maybe they kept that open-ended mm-hmm. just in case. Vince knowing he was going to go with Hogan right. and Andre. But they kept that order thing open-ended just in case. Yeah, Andre. But I don't know if that's true. So here's the other thing, though, and... I, I truly believe this only because, like, they only had one other guy that was a heel that was hot enough to, you know... To had face a, Hulk Hogan? To face Hulk Hogan and ha- had a history with him a little bit. The way Warndorf did. Was the Macho Man. And and I know... Yeah, but that's tough, but, Quinn. He's in this big I, I understand that, but I'm saying, I'm saying if you're the promoter... I don't even care, Vince McMahon, anybody, if you're the promoter in general. Yeah. You're going to go with the biggest... It, with the case where you're the biggest arena that you've ever done, and it, a lot of money is on the line here, right? You're gonna go with the best you got. I, I think. I think you're gonna yank out Savage from what he's doing, well, and you're gonna be like, no, like well, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man. Hell, say title for title because you just want to amp it up even more. Let me ask you a question though. This it all depends on when in the process Andre is unable to wrestle because. If we're not finding this out until night of the show, oh well, the that's tickets a are already sold, yeah. right? Right. The tickets are already sold. So Orndorff, even though it'd be a horrible, seemingly bait and switch on the fans, right? At least the tickets are sold. Savage Steamboat can go on as planned, and then you bring an Orndorff. But that interesting but, point you raise about selling the tickets. What if two weeks after shooting the angle, the right. three years long time and all that yeah. chicken, Andre's, Andre's like, I can't wrestle. I, I can't wrestle at the WrestleMania. Yeah. Then. Now we're talking about maybe we have to switch gears. We have to yank some people out of what they're doing. But what do you do with Steamboat then, Quinn? I'm of the opinion that you could go two ways with it. This is also a butterfly effect, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> I, but I yeah, but I truly am is that you either have Macho drop the title very hastily 
to, to the to steamboat like on Saturday Night's Ugh, Main Event or yeah, something. Yeah, because you have to. And then like, or or you or. have him, you you have Steamboat just fight somebody else. Who would be good enough? That this is what I mean. They they were so well structured oh, with this well, roster. Oh, yeah, they, you know? well, they were. But see, the the big date that we keep talking about is like January, right? Because that's when they allegedly like got it in their head that that's they were going to fill this arena or whatever. That's what, that's Basil, what Basil DeVito says. Talks Vince about said. that WrestleMania documentary or whatever. Vince said WrestleMania three will be in the Pontiac Silverdome. Vince said he was going to do the Silverdome, and I said, okay, how many uh, seats are we going to section off? I want to fill the whole thing. I'll fill your whole thing too, pal. Basil's the best. Fill your asshole. One of the most underrated fill your people. Butt. What? One of the most underrated people in WF was Basil DeVito. By true. The way. No, that's true. And also one of the most underrated uh, herbs. Yes. Is Basil. Definitely. But anyway, I think the other option really is Macho Man takes the title yeah. and you you use, you pull the trigger in this kind of emergency situation where like, okay, it's not what we thought we were going to have, but you know what? We have title for title. Like that's, that's something. Right. If he doesn't lose the title, you're saying if they don't switch it. If they don't switch right. it, right. And then eventually, yeah, I guess. You know, the one thing they do have going for them is the perpetual forever. Uh, fuck Hulk Hogan. I don't like him. Like also, no matter what, that also makes the sense. Perpetual right? <laughs> intercontinental champion is always number one contender, and they can just use that excuse. They could. Yeah, Jack Tunney come out after careful consideration. Yeah. that's possible. Yeah, they could have done that. Uh, but then that does jumble up the steamboat thing. It does. It leaves steamboat actually in the lurch. You yeah, know, but that's you, okay with me. You know what's another option? Nah. Um, <laughs> nah, you can't. Oh, well, you can't. There's no real option. What about Paul Wonderful? Well, that the guy to fight Hogan. Right, he could fight Hogan. He had I'm, the more recent history. I'm saying with Hogan. as if you don't trust that that you want something fresh. Obviously, but Savage Hogan, I guess. When was the last time we did that? Early '85, uh, early '86. Yeah, '85, yeah. '86 is when that. Right, it's so long ago in the in the minds of wrestling fans of the time it was right before savage won the ic right so basically you can use savage can use the the angle that well now i'm made a continental champion you don't have that hulk hogan right i'm yeah. better than you maybe you beat me that one time yeah you know what i mean but like now savage is better yeah he's been I, the intercontinental champion I forever do, yeah i know but i do think orndorf and savage are your top options the only reason i'm ruling out orndorf though is because that program was very clearly like over after the cage match i don't know like how was you, it i don't know that was a very like ambiguous finish like hogan barely won yeah but i guess in the history of wf it, to me it always just that in the was, annals it, it just ended there like, go down to the annals michael yeah yeah the annals he's not like, gonna go down in the annals honestly as a fan it was over yeah, no point. one was thinking about because now Hogan's on Piper's pit getting trophies and Andre's getting trophies. Right, exactly. And everyone's getting trophies. That's why it's like you have to, to me, you have to do something different. Like if you don't have Andre, you can't just rehash Paul Orndorff again. So you pivot to the Macho Man. I don't There's know. There's no one else, Is right? Uh, Roddy Piper. Like, no, he's a face, he, and he's exactly. doing the Adrian Andonis yeah, thing. I know exactly. I'm just trying to think of what else, what other names you have. Like you don't really. There really aren't any big time heels, right? That Paul Orndorff was their other really big heel. They trashed Bundy. Um, yeah, Bundy was crap. They can't just say, "Oh, rematch from last year or something." No one wants uh, to see that anyway, right? Um, and we're talking about before, like we're talking. This is January when we're building, right? Not, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Not King Kong Bundy. No can't way. Do King Race. King Harley. I'm trying. I'm just no, that would have been a good people. match, but it's not marketable. The, the other option is because wasn't this allegedly a rumor at the time? What's that? Wasn't this about the time where they were like, try, like the first time they tried to acquire Ric Flair or something? 
Like, uh, no, was, was it eighty seven? I thought it was eighty eight. Okay, I think it was. I'm not sure. I'm just. I'm just saying. Maybe that's. Maybe that would be a time to. Uh, that's a good bring point, out. Though. Bring out the fucking money and say like, okay, Ric Flair, we'll give you whatever the hell you want. We need to fill this damn arena. I don't like, know if they had the money to do that. I yeah. mean, Flair was making enough to. Exactly. I don't know if, yeah. Uh, but you know, a guy that unfortunately never worked for for Vince McMahon Junior.'s WWF. That if there was any like hail mary they could have thrown and gotten someone that wasn't in Crockett. Bruiser Brody, maybe you know, like oh, yeah. someone, Which is someone they've been. Yeah, I, I don't know. Nikita Koloff. I honestly but he don't know they would have the time to build up Bruiser Brody from yeah. January. Like nobody knew who the fuck he was in, in WWF. WWF. Yeah, maybe eh, that in, audience in probably didn't. that audience yeah. that newer kid so, friendly audience. Yeah, he'd you know? been so ingrained in the like other anywhere else, yeah. and he hadn't been there in ten years. Yeah, nobody was like they never True. even mentioned him or anything. Like they. What if Billy Graham could have wrestled? He oh, couldn't. I mean, Billy Graham's an option, but like... they have to build that. Yeah. He couldn't wrestle anymore anyway, though. I know. Dusty That's Rhodes why it is just, locked it, up. It feels really, like, Desperate. pretty locked in <laughs> yeah. that the Macho Man would be the, the go-to. I'd say, well, I'd still say Orndorff. I think you do Orndorff. I, I think it's, a, I think that too. I just, to me, it's like, the pattern even established by that point was as you started, you didn't use, reuse something from the last year that you were doing. You know what I mean? In one and two, like it's not. I like guess, it, but I mean the Hogan. It was something Sa- that started around the time. But Hogan Savage wasn't. You know that was already done too. Yeah, is all I'm saying. They were both feuds were done. Yeah. You know, Savage and and Orndorff. That's a tough spot. I guess to be my, in. my point is the Savage feud is far enough in the rear view that you could reignite like, it. You could reignite it, and now the Intercontinental title is involved, so you have that kind of. That's the one. If we're keeping the time. And then I Steamboat that, I, do that? He does get left in the lurch, though, Quinn. I think they would... No offense, I, I love Steamboat, but I knowing how Vince cared about him so much, <laughs> like I, I don't think he would have minded to be like, well, fuck that guy. Like I you need know, to sell tickets. You know, maybe I could have finally had my <laughs> yeah, shut WrestleMania up, match against <laughs> Steamboat. I was supposed to have it uh, the year before. He gave it to this guy named uh, Hercules Hernandez, who wasn't much in the ring. <laughs> I thought I could have had a really good match with Steamboat. They made it, we made up for it, though. Vince gave uh, me a match at the Boston Garden. So maybe that could have happened. Well, I don't know. I'm trying to, I just kind of want to resolve Steamboat, you know, before we go here. Like, what, what do you... What, there's got to be something they could have done. Ah, he could have gone back to NWA for all I care. Yeah, he but... He had the, like, one, though, one match still in kinda, WF. And, before the Bonnie thing, he was still pretty ingrained no, he's in good. the company want, at that point. I don't want hate mail over that. I know. Yeah. I just... I always thought Steamboat did better off in NWA. And yeah. that, like, he... No, if I it wasn't too. for the Savage Feud, he... All I'm, all I'm getting at is that I think in March of 1987, Steamboat, yeah. there was no like, there was no thing he had done to piss off management or anything. So no, I'm sure no. they would have found something. I like, don't know. Have George Steele turn on him. Good. Yeah. Right? You know what crap, I mean? And yeah. then have them feud and Steamboat win. I don't know. You know and what he I mean? did have that stupid crap going on. Yeah. George Steele was so aggravating at that anyway. So. Wouldn't it have been <laughs> like rewarding to watch Steamboat just de- demolish <laughs> yes. George Steele for yeah. like. Like ten minutes yeah, or just something. Ten minutes, just, just kick the shit out of him. Just enough of this ass. Like <laughs> the one question though, before we get out of here, is that WrestleMania three though, I don't think is the resounding success one way or another, unless Savage and Hogan have, or Savage or Hogan and Orndorff have some kind of a absolute classic. Uh, I, I, I just think, don't think there's think, a success level in the lore. I think at that point in time, if you gave the Macho Man and Hogan, the the license to do what they needed to do. I think they could have made a go of it and made. We don't know how we would have remembered it because it never happened. I know. I so know it's that, like Quinn. here's the thing: is that could have happened. Maybe Hogan wins, 
might have made WrestleMania five that much better. Maybe like, you know what I mean? Maybe. Like, I don't know. Just that history being involved. But it would certainly have changed the trajectory of a lot of their stuff in the 80s. I think maybe if Savage enlisted Bobby Heenan in kayfabe as his manager, but in real life, so Heenan could help promote it, that would have helped. Because Heenan had a huge part in the Hogan-Andre match being as big as it was. Maybe you do the Hogan steals Miss Elizabeth at that point in time. Something, even, yeah. Just I mean, to kind of freshen spice it up and yeah. spice up the pot there or whatever. Spice up the pot. But you know what, folks? Speaking of the pot, thank you, Joe Merkel, for that one. Uh, the pot is going to have two more names added to it when we get back to Because we are doing the royal the flush here. Yeah, the other pot. We're going to be sitting on that pot and flushing two more of the worst finishers in wrestling down the old crapper there. And that's going to be coming up with the royal flush right after this. Billy Jack Haynes, come on in. Out on Long Island on Monday night, March the 2nd at the Nassau Coliseum, you're going to be going against Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, another strong man. This would be my uh, uh, first uh, chance to see Mr. Orndorff in the ring, nose to nose and toes to toes. And Hulk, you tear Hercules up for me, please. I know you can do it. Okay, Orndorff, listen, the World Wrestling Federation is the best the best shape athletes in the world, let's face it. Orndorff, you're in tremendous shape. I train six days a week. I'm in the best shape of my life. Let's just go for it and see who comes out on top, Chief. Orndorff, we, we signed a contract. I'm not afraid of you. I'd never turn my back on the beautiful people in the World Wrestling Federation. I'm not about to start now. I was born and raised in the streets of Portland, Oregon. And hey, we signed a contract. I don't back down from any man. Let's go for it, Orndorff, and let's see who comes out on top. You're a tough man, but let's see who it is, man. Hey, it's Sean Mooney. Oh, look out. Carefully, you missed the thinking. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. We're here on episode number 148, and it's Monday, September 30th, 2019. And, Quinn, we had mentioned at the top of the show that we do have a Patreon for some yes. extra content. The Patreon.com slash OVP Podcast so website easy. on Patreon. It's very easy to get to. Yeah. And once, yeah. Oh, it's the easiest. It's so easy. You just type that, and once you're there, listen to this. There's three tiers, three rewards tiers. That's it, and we'll make it very simple. $2.00. $3 and $5. And what I want to do is outline the $5 tier for you because it includes everything. On the $5 tier, you're going to get weekly video of us making every single Monday episode. So many shirts. Yeah, so the many shirts we're wearing. Ups, yep. uh, it's all there. <laughs> screw ups. I don't know what you're talking about. It's all there. It's all there. Also, bi weekly on Fridays. 1983, Quinn and I are watching WWF in we, order. We are barreling through. Uh, yes, we almost are. Almost through January now. Almost through January. We did all of 1982 mm-hmm. live watching, meaning you guys watch us as we watch it. It's very good. It's kind of like hanging out and watching some dumpy wrestling, mm-hmm. but in a good way. In a good way. Popular series with the fans is the uh, 1983 live watch-alongs, and this tier also includes, like we mentioned earlier... The pay-per-view reviews. We've been doing every single one, and we've included the big event, and now for October, it'll be WrestleFest 88. Right, PPV, as they called in the business. <laughs> they do. In the business, it's called PPV, in the business. Yep. <laughs> WrestleMania 4 just came out. That's an epic two-parter, the first time we've ever done that. Two cassettes, just like WrestleMania 4 I mean, was. it is so, it's so long, it, yes. it really needed it. So if you want to listen to Quinn and I talk about all the WrestleManias, all these pay-per-views, watch some 1983, see us making the show, patreon.com slash OVP podcast is the site for you. And again, it's only $5 a month at most mm-hmm. for like all that stuff. A month, not a day, yep. not a, not even a week. It's less than a Starbucks cup it's, of coffee. It pretty much is at this rate, folks. So it's patreon.com slash OVP podcast if you want to donate. We would appreciate that. Quinn, we're flushing the bad finishers oh, down the crapper. It's, it's flushy. <laughs> it's it's very wet. It's, it, it's, uh, 
<laughs> I might have to fix the. I'm get some I might Drano. Have to lift up the thing on the top of the toilet. Yeah, and, the uh, stopper and there, and mess mess around with the little thing that keeps it up or whatever. It's dicey. Yeah, uh, but folks, what is the royal rankings? What is the royal flush? Well, if you're new to the show, what we do is that the before the start of every season, we mm-hmm. take a a list from you, the fans, of your top ten and worst ten of something. And for this season, it was finishing moves. And what we do is we take all those votes, we compile them up, and we put them into two separate ranking tankings. One is for the best, one is for the worst. We check the list twice. Yeah, we... We, we check who's naughty or nice, <laughs> and that's how we divide it, obviously, right? Yeah, we're, we're the Santa Claus of wrestling podcasts. Yeah, every every day. <laughs> every day. Yeah, every day, Santa Claus is on this show. <laughs> and basically, we alternate weeks. So we have the rankings and then the flush. The flush is the worst, and that's what we're doing this week. I want to make it clear, we don't vote on these. We're we scientists. We just, hey, you give them to us, and we do the experiments. That's it. You, you feed us the names, and we rank them. Feed me more. Feed me more. So before we go down to Howard Finkel, I want to read the current list. Of the top six right now, worst finishers in wrestling of all time. Number one being the worst. Number one is the worst, and that is the Iron Claw. It's a real piece. <laughs> it's, it's a piece. It, it stinks. I don't like it. Harsh language, Quinn. Uh-huh. Uh, number two is the Heart Punch. It's, it's hearty. It's a piece of duty. Yep. Number three is the Battering Ram, which... which is that a finisher? <laughs> is that is apparently the question Richard, answered? Richard you? Land has confirmed by a nice video collage that he made for us that, yes... The battering ram was a finisher. So there, you don't have to remove it now, Joe. Staying on there. Uh, Uh Number four, Cobra. I don't know why that's so high on there. It's good. It's it's very nice. I like it. Number six, the uh, excuse me. Number five, the Canadian destroyer. I thought that said the Canadian leg drop. The Canadian leg drop. The Canadian (laughs) earthquake. Yeah. And number six, the leg drop. Which no. That's yeah, not fair. The American leg drop. The American leg drop, not yeah. the Canadian one. That'd be Hulk Hogan's leg drop. Yep. That's at the bottom, which means it's the best of the worst so far, but that could change because we got two more names entering. Let's all go down to Howard Finkel, and why don't we find out what we got going on here? Howard! Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal! This is it, the heart punch. It is the Royal Flush of Finishers. Two more are going to be uh, entering the cesspool here, Quinn. It's a real dumper. It has been a real dumper. Hey! Uh, hey. All right. Every the re- time. The rest are down. Hey. Oh, okay. 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 Are we good? Okay. I think, right. it, I think it's off. I think we're okay. So we've run down the names. We got six. We're adding two more. Well, I don't. We'll have to find out what they are, Quinn. They could be really bad or they could be good and still voted on by the fans. I guess we'll see. We're going to have to find out. So let's all find out right now. Who drew? Number seven. Well, Quinn, in addition to having a people's eyebrow, The Rock had a people's elbow, and that has been voted. this move. Hey, why? What's your problem? Uh, First of all, this to me is more of a question of is it a finisher than Battering Ram ever was. Fair. Because this is like a sub move for The Rock. The people's elbow, I don't know if it's a finisher. I know that The Rock Bottom is his advertised finisher. 
Like, let's put it that way. It's, it's, if, if you're doing the video games, like the rock bottom, that's how you finish your opponent off, not the people's elbow. Fine. But this is a, a move that he has used to finish people with. It's true. Ergo, I will not finish her. I will not deny it. it like might that, be- I know. I guess what I feel is that I don't ever, th- I didn't ever think of it as the, the end when The Rock did this. I understand. Uh, but apparently enough, again, we don't vote. Apparently enough people did. This actually got the most votes. That's unbelievable. Yeah, this is actually at the top of the list. Like, this got the most votes for the worst. I'll say that now. So, whether or not it's his, you know, advertised finisher, I know that, let's just talk about it. The Rock started using The Rock Bottom as his finisher in 97. Right. Okay. Definitely. Like that was his finishing for move. a long time since like he yeah. was a thing. He started doing the people's elbow. I think in like earlier mid ninety eight, and little by little, it grew in popularity and in theatrics. Right. right. And I this move especially to me was very much like the equivalent to Austin's middle finger or like I don't know, <laughs> like just a taunt. It's move. insulting. Yeah. It's 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 not a finisher. And actually, I remember a day. Like, when they would say on SmackDown, like, back when, like, when it was newer, yeah. that they would be, wouldn't it be so insulting if he won with that, or whatever? Like, yes. that, that's, like, how they acted with it. It wasn't it wasn't ever a finisher to me. Well, in 1999, it wasn't, no. But he started, it got over, right? Yeah. It was the most over move that he did. Can you, I, I like when you describe moves, can you please describe the people's elbow for anyone that might not, it might be living under a rock. <laughs> right, so the people's elbow yeah. is applied i guess when a person is down which is usually sometimes after the rock bottom sometimes it's just like a knockdown or yeah, whatever just knocked down for they some were just reason knocked down for whatever reason right Correct, yep. so the first thing the rock does in this move is that he like stands over you over your like chest i guess your prone position right prone, and he like kicks your two arms in so that you're kind of like you're in like straight you're like the letter, you're like a lowercase L. Yeah, you're like, you're in position, right? Yes. Which I always liked, by the way, that small detail is that he kicks your legs in, so you're like the most vulnerable, yeah. I guess. Yes. So he kicks your legs in, then he does like this weird like arm shit, like he's, he, like what he would do like when he'd be like, Rudy Poo candy yeah, ass. Yeah, like he or, crosses his arms back and forth yeah. like a weird conductor. And that to me is almost the, that's the middle finger part, because The Rock used to do that a lot when he would knock people down, he'd be like, yeah, gotcha, like he would do the, the things yeah. with his fingers or whatever. It's right? real. So it's like, okay. So then he um proceeds to take the elbow pad off the elbow, which again, I want to say this one thing about it, that technically there would be more impact with the elbow. Am I am I correct there? Yeah, that's the whole point. Okay. He threw it to the crowd, he usually. He throws it to the crowd and some lucky fans like, yeah, I got the people's elbow elbow yeah. pad or whatever, people's right? People's elbow pad. Then he would run the ropes, like kind of like an Irish whip style, yeah, right? Exaggeratedly though, right? Like, very exaggeratedly, um, almost like twice over them. Mm-hmm. He'd like run over them Hop the first time, them. come back. And then sometimes he would slide. Sometimes that he was wouldn't. the best when he the slid. Sliding version is pretty it's great. Very comedic. And then he would kind of very slowly descend into an elbow, like as almost like he's looking into the crowd with the people's yeah. eyebrow and all this shit. It's like very dramatic, and it's just an elbow, and that's it. And that's why it's so insulting to get pinned with. I think is because of all of that. You know right. what I mean? Because after all of the theatrics, it's an elbow drop. Yeah, that's it's the like, insulting here's part. Here's the one thing: is that it's the Rock's most exaggerated move. The funny part about the people's elbow that I find it, it's almost actually interesting 
is that it incorporates a lot of the mannerisms the rock would use in a typical match yes it's I, very rock or just in like general like uh, i i'm especially remembering the time when he like saved Mick Foley in that Triple H match where he like knocked over a cop and then like hit Triple H with a chair. He did the like people's elbow finger thing like, as he was like fading away or yeah, whatever. Out of the scene basically. Yeah, like, like you don't see him after that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Coming out of the frame That's essentially. That's like my favorite thing that, that that is one of my favorite rock moments ever. Yeah. Like, I know. By far. It's a great moment. But um it's just that people's elbow does incorporate. It's a big like rockism. I Absolutely, guess. yeah. Uh, but he did start using it as a finisher on some of the lower Carter guys. I want to say off the top of my head, maybe two thousand. Uh, and then the most notable time to ever see him pin someone with it, which is the sole reason that I think it's okay. Even though I'm, I'm agree with you. I don't think it was ever his primary finisher. Yeah, but because he had pinned some people with it, and most notably. At WrestleMania 18, he did pin Hulk Hogan with the people's right. elbow. He and this, did. To me, this is a situation where I, I maybe it's just the way my just brain saying. remembers it, and I might have to rewatch it. But I just remember Hogan being kind of finished at that point already. Yeah, but we don't, wouldn't have known unless he did the people's elbow. <laughs> what if he? What if Hogan would have kicked out? He definitely he the did elbow? the rock bottom to him before yeah. that, right? Yeah. In fact, do I remember? Do I? Yeah. Do I? If I recall, he does the rock bottom, then does the people elbow, then pins him. Yes. Because it was almost like I'm going to need a little extra oomph to beat Hulk Hogan, right? Right. So, like here after the rock bottom, I'm going to immediately people's elbow. People's elbow. Yeah. Like, but one way or another, it was the last movie did to him. Yeah. Therefore, it's the finisher. That's usually how finishers work. Maybe it was just a situation where the sequence would have wouldn't have made sense to do the people's elbow first and then like pick him up to do the. That's not what he used to do to people. He usually did the. Yeah, his elbow first. Yeah, but th- he would always still have to do another rock bottom like after it or something. I like, guess. Yeah. Like I don't know. Like it was always to me the rock bottom was kind of the finisher. It was. It was. Yeah. Generally was. But as time went on, and then when the rock became more and more part time, like after you know. Well, yeah. It, that became and now anytime you see him, like the people's elbow has almost usurped the rock bottom. Well, because it's also something he can do as somebody that's not day to day in the ring. If yeah. they, if they need him for a one time, like to be on Raw to say something yes. to somebody they're like oh we can do it because you know it's not gonna hurt him or anything, right right you know? like, it's a worked elbow drop yeah so uh i'm with you quinn from the standpoint that i acknowledge and agree that it was not his primary finisher however he did use it enough times as a finisher and beat what, people what, with like it three times no for, like notably on. i mean richard land please make a compilation of uh the rock using the people's elbow as a finisher as you did with the battering ram thank you so because I know that he pinned someone with it, we can count it, is what I'm saying. We can technically count it. That's all. Thing, I, would, I don't know that all, I would have voted it. All I'm going to say here, though, is I don't know how this ranks. That's what I'm like, saying. I don't think I don't, it's like like it got the most votes or whatever, but I can't see it being like the worst because it's not really primarily a finisher. I guess. We'll have to see with ranking time. Yeah. I'm going to personally say I probably would have overlooked it intentionally if i were doing a list of 10th worst finishers right i'd probably just let it go right like put it in because like, again in it, it, it's more recognized as a sub move yeah as than, a signature move or whatever yeah. but he again he pinned people with it he used it as a finisher and we're gonna get a nice video compilation i'm sure of that quinn so I'm sure the day that this comes out <laughs> yes so let's uh let's leave that as it is I think that's all I have to say about it. It's a, it's a theatrical elbow that he used sometimes. You know, to pin we didn't people. say this though. Yeah. I, I 
Go ahead. Personally, I'm a fan of it. I always thought it was fun. Like I oh, as a move, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I, it's better than the worm, and that's fun too. But it's, I really like the worm. It's also, akin but, to the worm. Yeah, it's akin to didn't like Booker T pin someone with the spinner once. Have. It's it happened, he but that have. wasn't his finisher. It's the same yeah. deal, right? Yeah, it's five a, time, five time, five time. Oh, it's the five knuckle shove. It's the same fucking thing as that. Well, yeah, I, the five knuckle shove is a derivative essentially. Exactly, it's, it, it's basically like well, we had to give our our next most popular right. wrestler a move like the Rock. So now, did Cena ever pin people with that? With the five knuckle. Chef? No. And if he had... I, well, probably on, like, SmackDown that's or what something I mean. that didn't, so, like, matter. So but if then, he had, you can count it on the list, but you don't right. think of it as his primary. Exactly. That's this kind of thing with the people's elbow. Yeah, although right? they've been booking Cena as if he is, like, the FU ha- is, has problems now because he's old. Like for, good, though. But they've been doing it for, like, like 10, 10 years. years. So, yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's Cena's old for 10 years. Like, <laughs> what is he, like, in a rocking chair by this point? Yeah. Like, the, the way they, like, diminish his finishers is always funny to me. I know, but that <laughs> I, happens to a lot of people, though, the yeah. finisher-diminisher. It's just not the same exactly. anymore, these finishers in yeah. life. All right, you want to find out who drew number eight? Because I'm ready. Sure. All right, let's Go find ahead. out. I didn't know Double J knew the sleeper. The sleeper. <laughs> All right. So that okay. I don't have a major problem with this one. Maybe um, I do. We'll have to talk it through. What I you think got? it's lame as a like, finisher. I, I do. But is it one of those? Let's talk about the sleeper. The sleeper is based on like a real life sleeper hold, like a blood right. choke hold. Now, where you what, can, are you going to say like Gotch or Thez or somebody did this shit? Uh, like, it's actually Ed Strangler Lewis sorry, invented it. Wrong, wrong old person. Wrong old per- Wrong old, bald old person. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> If it's not Gotch, it's usually Fez or yeah, Strangler. That, that's why. That's why. That's my go-to. It's like if it's some like hold like this, I'm just like it's got to be. It's got to be one of, those. one of those people. Like maybe you should call them the Hold Dust Trio. Yeah. <laughs> that's not necessary. Anyway, Gorgeous but, George. But it is. It is based on a real thing you can do to someone. I don't recommend doing it for sport, but you put the pressure on the carotid artery, and you really can make people pass yeah, out. It's a know, legitimate thing. It's funny you say that, because when I was a kid, and even before I got into wrestling, like I was aware, I don't know who told me this, but like that like you could knock yeah. somebody out with it like a sleeper hold was in real life like deadly or I mean, something. Look at what Hogan did to Belzer. I mean, it was a front face lock version of it, but that's what Hogan did to Belzer. Right. You know, it, that's what he did. Do you think the sleeper is more of like a relic of the 70s and early 80s and because I mean I think it was a legit finisher for a I, while Quinn. Okay. I think up to the 70s it was probably legit. Yeah. When we get to the 80s and yes I know there's a lot of notable people like Roddy Piper, sure Adrian Adonis, the Barber and all that. Um but I always personally felt that the, that kind of move was mm-hmm. attached to somebody that either didn't need a special move or they just didn't think of anything. So it was them. like they, a... It was just like kind of like a, a generic play, a placeholder, you know? That's fair enough. Like, Roddy Piper is the kind of wrestler that I don't, like, think of finishing holds with. I think he's so damn charismatic and, like, he just has a okay. knack for winning that, like, he's he's a guy that doesn't need a fancy finisher. Okay. If, if you know what I mean. Fa- like, no, I, I totally understand. And I think it made sense for some people gimmick-wise. Like, Beefcake, it made sense because that's how you cut the hair. Right. Used to finish your first. Built into the it's cutting into of the, the hair thing. Yeah. I also really think it was good when uh, Sergeant Slaughter used it as the Cobra. And now that's a like a, a half Nelson sleeper. The million dollar dream. And the million dollar dream, which was a he may have specifically used that so they could say million dollar dream as a takeoff of the American dream because it was I, yeah also Virgil but yeah exactly um, I do think the million dollar dream is probably the best sleeper hold finisher I know of. Well, do we count the STS, which is really what the John Cena called the STFU? 
step over toehold sleeper, which then they changed to just STF, but it's not. Yeah. Cena does an STS. Is I, that, always, I always like the S, the name STFU. Oh, it's it, great. They, like, That's rem- funny. Remember they removed it during the purge of when taking be- any curses away from his moves it's or whatever. when the FU became the uh, attitude Adi- adjustment. Yeah, exactly. All that, but that might be more of a legitimate looking sleeper. Yep. Is an STS. But in, in terms of the sleeper as a hold, I think in the context of a match, and again, it's probably timing. We're probably talking the early 80s, late 70s, mid 80s. It can be used effectively because it can pop the crowd when you when you clamp it on out of nowhere. Right. It's also good, also especially a heel. Mm-hmm. Like Honky is a good example of when he sold the like he's oh, like yeah, swimming right. out yeah. of it like he's like trying to like escape. Right. Flailing for dear life. There's another good one. I think it's like Jimmy Hart gets put in it and he like jumps all over the place like when oh Lanny Poffo at six. Oh, that's what I'm. I'm sorry. The genius. Yes, is the one I'm that's thinking hilarious. Of. That, that one is like the most dramatic like trying to break out like, of it thing I've ever seen. Like a fish out of water. Right. right yeah. Very good. Yo, sleeper shit sucker. This is supposed to be a royal flush. So start clogging the toilet, Drano Drinker. Now, I know we're talking about its merits, because that, truthfully, I think it's probably better than it is bad, but why do you think it's lame? I still think it's lame because it, ultimately, it can look like a rest hold, I think is what yeah. a lot of people look at it, and they're it like, who, who cares? Like, it, it doesn't look all that dissimilar to a chin lock. Yeah, and especially once wrestling by the mid-80s had a lot more fancy finishing maneuvers. Sure. Like, not that the leg drop's great, but I mean, like, I'm, I'm just saying, like, the leg drop and, like, the DDT, I'm just thinking of, Flying like, elbow. Flying elbow. Warrior splash. Super fly splash. Sure, just more theatrical moves. Right. right. Once that happened, it's like the sleeper wall, people know what it is. They would also see Rick Rude randomly do it to some jobber on superstars and just be like, who cares? Yeah. You know I, what I mean? I, like, I get what you mean. Yeah. It's also worth noting that Nails used like a choke sleeper in case yeah. you're interested in that. was supposed that. to be like a choke yeah. like, because he was illegal or whatever. <laughs> now, what about the dragon sleeper? That counts. That's, oh, yeah. a, that's a good sleeper hold. That's the one where he like flips on his like he. It's almost like he's got him in like something on the ground, right? The, the dragon sleeper is like you, oh no, almost no, no, like I'm you're sorry, doing reverse a, yeah, DDT. That, okay, I'm thinking of another move where like there. I feel like that's another sleeper variation. I don't I know maybe, who did it. It's like where they would like have some like move on their neck or whatever, and then they would kind of flip around on I, the floor. Yeah, but I don't know the one. Yeah. It might be like a um, not the hangman choke. I forget, but somebody br- had it in like WCW. It's a bridging cobra clutch. It's like you're into a bridge, right? Yeah, it, like it looks that. like a perfect plex, but your yes. hands are around their throat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the, I think that's the one. Uh, and there's a couple other variations. What did Undertaker use? Hell's Gate? Is that what it was called? It was a rear naked choke, I think? Yeah, that was more of a or triangle it, choke. Yeah, it was kind of like supposed to look like a UFC move. Right. It was right. it cuz I, if I recall like that was during the like I I don't watch UFC anymore but I remember during that era like a lot of people would use that triangle choke move. Right. And they were like trying to capitalize on the popularity mm-hmm. of that. No, it's real. Yeah. I, I would imagine though that what the fans voted on here is they're thinking of just the regular sleeper. Right. The the, the basic like you put your hand on their forehead and, thing. Yeah, and do like a yeah. around their carotid artery allegedly or Adam's apple. Yeah. So that's I guess what we're basing this off of. But overall, I mean there's some good variations of the sleeper. Yeah, that I pop think we've the crowd talked, and I think we've talked positively mostly, but we've also mentioned that like, yeah, it is kind of lame. The regular sleeper became a relic, yeah. Up there with the abdominal stretch and shit like that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like honestly, a penny people with an atomic drop. Right, exactly. It, it became that. Piper always used it. Piper used it against Hulk Hogan in like the nineties in WCW. Right. But he was like that was an outlier. 
Right. You know, that was like... Hyper became a rarity. Yeah, it was that. like a fossilized thing. Like, no one was using this, the regular sleeper as I mean, a finisher. I mean, Brutus the Barber in all his various characters, he switched to the Heine, you know? So. Yes, he did. He switched to the Heine and then the Apocalypse. Even, even Butcher had the, the Heine. <laughs> did Butcher use the Heine? He did. I oh, saw yeah. I was watching Match on the Prime the other day. On the Prime, baby. I mean, it, the Heine wasn't his... He had, like, multiple. Like, he would do the sleeper, too. But, like... Go day, Mr. Dinky. Yeah, yeah, but didn't um Brutus Beefcake's stripper version in WF like also use the Heine? That was always his finisher, right? Well, definitely the Booty Man used the Heine because yeah. obviously. But like, I think <laughs> I think Beefcake only started using it after WrestleMania three. Before that, his finisher was always the Heine, wasn't it? Oh yeah, the Heine. It, it's it's notably in the primetime opening before yes. they got the other one. <laughs> That's right. Like, yeah, the first version of the, the primetime, the opening. crappy primetime opening, yeah. right? Where it's well, like. Ding. The only dun, thing dun, I do like dun, is dun, when, dun, 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 yes. it's like disco. But the only reason I like the original one is because of the Brutus Heine and like the 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 timing of it with the music and like it says like prime time and it comes flashing yeah, yeah, yeah. right as his Heine hits him. And that's what you're looking for yeah, in wrestling. The, definitely the Heine. And Bob Orton like getting a boot to the face off the top ropes or something. It's yeah. like notably in the intro. Yep. And then it's like, I'm Girl Matsun. I'm your host, Bobby the Brain Hayden. And that's like the start like, of every show. You know what I'm talking about. Give me a break. Yeah. So anyway, we've talked about the the Heine and we've talked about the sleeper more importantly. And we have talked about the people's elbow and we have decided that we're gonna we're gonna allow it. We're going to allow both of we're these. Gonna, well, the sleeper, definitely, because yeah. the sleeper. sleeper. Now, in case you're wondering where that sound drop is from, I want to tell a story here because we have a couple okay. of minutes. The sound drop of that is from an October of 1994, Monday Night Raw. I think October 17th, but I can't Did remember. Did it involve an aircraft carrier hangar? It's that Eric Quinn. Yeah. Okay. It's one of the final, I think it's from the final taping that Randy Savage did as an announcer for the WWF. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's like October 94, right before he left. And the reason I know about this match is because back in the mid-90s, like I think in 95, remember Suncoast Video in the mall near us? I do. I bought a couple of one hour. This is during the Coliseum Video was running out of money era. Oh, so boy, they were it. green screening Stan Lane and DBS and, and all the that. horrible quality tapes that probably don't even work <laughs> yeah. anymore. At, like in 2019, yeah. those tapes definitely don't work. Welcome to Slam Fest or yeah. whatever it was. And uh, I think this is DBS who hosted this one. It was called Slam Fest 95. I've a, seen that tape. It's a good. It's actually a really okay. good tape. It's I think a, it's okay. I think you put it on the Plex back of the old studio for me. Well, because I I converted every yeah. single one that we didn't have like a duplicate yeah. or something. I forget the how the logic. I yeah did the when parameters. I did yeah, yeah. <laughs> and one of the matches on there was Double J versus a uh, Doink. Yes, fat Doink. You know Ray like a Melly Doink. Very fat during the queasy, cheesy, sleazy, wink, pink, dink era. And I remember as a kid though when I bought the tape and watching the tape and. Double J gets a sleeper on Doink. The sleeper. And Savage is like, I didn't know Double J knew the sleeper. And I'm thinking, how would a wrestler not know the sleeper? Well, that's why I it mean, always stuck with me. Oh, <laughs> that's why it's stuck. Yeah, it's like, what do you mean he didn't know that he knew it? Like, it's some specialized move. I thought everyone knew the fucking sleeper. I did sleeper. it to my friends when I was a kid because <laughs> I mean, it, didn't, it didn't hurt anybody, too. So it was like, yeah, you could do it. Like, you could loosely put it on and it'd be and fine. it looked like you were doing it. Yeah, exactly. It was one of the only moves that looked like you were actually executing it correctly, right. like as a child. Sleeper on the pot! I didn't know Double J knew the sleeper. So that's where that sound drop comes from, and that's why I just want to share that story. But Quinn, I think it's ranking time now. Sure. Let me run down the finishers one more time for you guys that are following along at home with your pen and your paper. <laughs> paper. <laughs> your paper. Uh, number one, the Iron Claw. Yeah. Number two, the Heart Punch. <laughs> that was for Petey. Yeah. The Iron Claw. Uh, number two, the Heart Punch. Number three, the Battering Ram. Number four, the Cobra. 
Great move. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> number five, the Canadian Destroyer. And number six, the Leg Drop. Okay. The People's Elbow. So, I have problems with making this high up. Well, one of the things, though, Quinn, is realism. Oh, yeah. We've been no. making that criteria on. It is not. Well, okay, let me put no. it. No. No, here's the thing. It's it's realistic in that you could do that to somebody. The unrealistic, part, the unrealistic part is that it, like, how devastating it is. That's yeah. the, Like, even if you were to do that in real life, it wouldn't, like, absolutely destroy somebody. I like, guess not, but <laughs> you're not going to take the time to pull off your elbow pad. First of all, why are you wearing an elbow pad? Oh, yeah, no, the whole setup part, you're totally unrealistic. At the park. All I'm All I'm just saying is that, like, you could do it. You know what I mean? It's not like somebody has whatever. You shouldn't do it. You shouldn't do it. <laughs> In a real fight. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend it is what I'm saying. Right. I'd recommend every other move on here, including the Cobra. <laughs> We're getting a friend and doing the battering ram. I think the Cobra is actually like in a realistic term. You could actually like whip it out and just like go right at somebody's throat with like your fingernails. Like, oh, you could whip <laughs> it out and go right for the throat. Yeah. I think the the people's elbow, the one strike against it, believe it or not. The showboating part. No, I mean, a lot of moves are allowed to have theatrics, right? It's not a sock puppet for crying out loud. That's true. Uh, <laughs> that's based off something else, so I, I actually like the mandible claw, but whatever. No, I meant the cobra. Oh, okay. the cobra oh, sock the puppet. Sock, you know, oh, yeah. the, uh, that's just an addition. We, we talked about it. I know. He it's like, not, didn't do that at it's, first. Right. It's not like uh, integral to the move. Yeah. It's just like a little uh, little sizzle on the steak. After he became main event Santino. <laughs> yeah, main event Santino. But the, uh, the people's elbow is that, yeah, it's a bad finisher, and he used it. He pinned... Hulk Hogan with it at a WrestleMania. After he did the rock bottom, just to be fair. Fine. But then that's like saying, well, he's pinned other people after doing the people's elbow. Right. You know what I mean? I like he's, I, no, I'm just saying, I, I just, yeah. all I'm getting at is that the, the rock bomb did most of the work. Let's you don't know that, though, because we don't know what would have happened if he hadn't applied the people's elbow. Hogan might have well, kicked for, out. See, that's the thing is Hulk Hogan, he required a little just extra oomph. And like what a, was that oomph? What was that oomph? Was the elbow drop. Correcto. But it's just, that was like ah. the cherry on top. Yeah, the cherry isn't all the ice cream. It's just right on the top there. But you know? without the cherry, it's not complete. True. <laughs> and the fans don't go home happy. Right. All right, Carvel here. You know that lady is still at the Carvel, by the way. Oh, you know right. what I'm talking yeah. about. If you look up the Yelp reviews, they're all complaining about her. Well, she stinks. <laughs> what do you want? Yeah. All right. Sorry. I don't, it's tough because, uh, let's get real. The people's elbow is not better than the light drop. No, it is okay. not. Okay. Okay. It's not even better than the Canadian Destroyer. Why? Because <laughs> it just isn't. Come like, on, but the Canadian Destroyer def- defies physics. The one thing, the Canadian Destroyer is very much like the People's Elbow because of the the setup is dumb. Yeah. However, at least at the very end of the move, yes, it would hurt. It's a pile driver, yeah, like, right? <laughs> but an elbow to the sternum could hurt. I feel that it's in the it's in the vein of like Cobra or battering ram like what like again it's like a joke move again, it is a joke move. another situation it where is. we have like a move that is not meant to be serious like it's supposed to be an insult here's the problem with yeah. that though the cobra and the battering ram never ended a match at wrestlemania against hulk hogan you're just gonna but you're bringing up you have to hang your hat on something i guess that's it's literally like after his fed like his normal but it finishing doesn't move. matter like, it's the last thing he did to him before he pinned him that's a finisher in that in context i'm saying i just mean that it's like insult to injury after the man's already finished is all i'm pointing out it could be injury to injury though we don't know i'm just saying ah uh, it's not it's goofy quit but it's not goofier than a fucking sock puppet let's leave it at five yeah i, I it's not worse than the battering ramp i think i don't even think it's worse than the cobra 
I don't think it's worse. I than think the, the Cobra's state. Well, look, yeah, but I really love the. Cobra. Yeah, but the Cobra's stupid. Well, I, okay, look what I'm saying. The people's yeah, elbow. Yeah, you can't. The stupid argument doesn't work here. But which one did you like more? Like as a fan, come on, people's oh, elbow, right? Who didn't the, like the people's, yeah, the people's elbow? elbow doesn't definitely. make it good. Yeah, <laughs> definitely the people's elbow was. I don't know. There's just like I just like it. You know what I mean? Like, like I have what? nothing else better to say about the people's elbow than yeah, I, kind I like of it just too. Like it. I like it too. Here's the thing. The People's Elbow was not his normal finisher. It really wasn't. If we really wanted to get particular, we could boot it out of here. I mean, he finished matches with it, so it counts. But you can count on your hand, like two hands, the amount of notable times. Probably. (laughs) Probably. Notable? Yeah, probably. And it actually, sometimes he would do it and they would kick out afterwards. Well, sure. You know? Let's just, we want to leave it at five right below I the cobra. Five is seems like a suitable area for that. It's really stupid, folks. Don't get us wrong, but it's stupid in the context of the rock. Like it makes sense. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. It's it's a really dumb move. Right. But it fit the rock's character of being like really over the top and showboat. He he started doing it as a heel. To me, it's like the wrestling move equivalent to the people's eyebrow. He has a move that manifests itself in, like, <laughs> right. it's like the manifestation of his arrogance. Like, you know what I mean? Bingo. Very well and said. it fits the character. Absolutely. And nobody can do that move. And and, they, and actually, when other wrestlers would attempt to do it to insult him, they'd always fuck it up, by the way, if you, you ever noticed that. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, somehow, like, oh, he practices it or something. <laughs> like, they have to, I love that that move, like, ranked up enough that it was like, oh, no, it's his specialty. He knows how to do the people's elbow. That is funny. Like, You're right. Yeah. All right, so we'll leave it at five. Then uh, every, the Canadian destroyer on the leg drop shift down. Shift down. So the sleeper, the sleeper. I don't think it's. I mean, it's the most legitimate, or yeah, probably the most legitimate move on here mm-hmm. in terms of using real combat or in real fights. Right. It's only once the mid '80s started up that it became lameish. You'd say the same then, about the by, light drop, the, though. I'm saying by the early '90s, it was super lame. Say the same about the light drop. Yeah, but I will say this about the light drop. Mm. I mean, I won a ton of world I, titles. I, I, yeah, I just want to say this, though, about the leg drop versus the sleeper. The sleeper was more like it just became a thing in matches. Leg drops were not as common because I think Hulk Hogan, it was protected, if you know what I mean. Well, like, in WF. Yeah. In, in other, in NWA, they used leg drops, but we're talking WF, right? Right. Yeah, no one really used the leg drop for that reason. Right. You know, when, during Hogan's time. Right. Uh, but still, I mean, this, even Hulk Hogan would do the sleep ha. Hulk Hogan did the sleep ha sometimes, right? Yeah. Definitely. I've definitely seen him try it. Now, if we're counting people like DBS and, and Sergeant Slaughter and the Dragon the Sleeper. Elaborate, you know, at, stuff. Yeah. And, and I don't think that's the intention, the way people voted. I think everyone, I, I don't want to speak for everyone that voted, but I have a feeling when everyone voted for Sleeper, they just meant the regular the Roddy Brutus Piper. Beefcake yeah. Piper style. Adonis, whatever yeah. you want to call it. And in that Goodnight, case. Irene. Goodnight, Irene. Correct. Yeah. I'd say that the leg drop is better than that because of its prestige. The leg drop won world titles. I don't know that the sleeper did. Won the IC from the Mountie. WF. Yeah, that's all I can think of. I was just going to say Piper beat the Mountie. Yeah, I don't know who won it. Sleep who won it <laughs> elsewhere. Uh, it's a submission, technically, or a pass out finish, which I don't like as much as a pinfall oh, finisher. We, we, it, that always weakens it. Yes. It does. Uh, do you think it's better or worse than the Canadian Destroyer? Mm. I think this is actually tough because, listen... The one thing the Canadian Destroyer we keep saying has going for it is it looks cool. Yeah, like, that's it looks all it has. Fucking cool. But the, the thing is, the sleeper is the extreme 
opposite where it doesn't look cool at all. It doesn't look cool. It pops the crowd if you do it right and right. at the right time. Yeah, I just mean that they're like they're polar opposites as far as like the cool factor, right? Like yes, but also in the realism factor, they're polar opposites because it's much easier to grab a sleeper on someone than it is a Canadian can, destroyer. Can we, can we say the one thing about the Canadian destroyer? It's like I feel like it's fifty percent unrealistic because on one hand the setup is unrealistic, but like the landing is like okay, that would fucking hurt. Like let's be fine. Like, yeah, let's be real. But the like, sleeper is almost a hundred percent realistic. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, mean, I just want to. I just don't want to like. I, I feel like we keep laughing at the Canadian Destroyer for being like silly. How it sets up. Have you seen it? It's cool though. It's so cool. I don't even care. Like this is wrestling. This is guys fake fighting in their underpants. Like let's not like act like. Don't don't besmirch them. I'm just saying. Bodies have been broken. Yeah. All right. No. I agree with you, but I think the sleeper's better. I think it stays at seven. I know that it got a lot of votes. The sleeper. I think it's. I think that in terms, uh, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think it's worse than the people's elbow. I, I don't either. Hmm. Like I actually don't. I know that maybe. I do think it's actually a legitimate competition between <laughs> the Canadian Destroyer and the Sleeper. I don't know, Quinn. I mean, the Canadian Destroyer is the most modern move we got on here, That's right? True. And then the Cobra, I guess those two. But the Cobra's not really modern. No. Just Santino did it. And I, I don't know if I said this when we did the Canadian Destroyer. The one thing I I always liked about it was is. It's the first move in my time of watching wrestling. Yeah, that actually looked new to me. I don't know how yeah. like to say that. Like yeah, nothing no, 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 seemed new until I saw this move. It seemed very innovative. Right. Yeah. It really did. It made me feel like when people said they saw the DDT for the first time, how how exciting how fresh that, that was. was yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I get it. Now look, the sleeper not a new move. Obviously, if it was invented by Strangler or Lewis, of course it can't be new. Sleep. <laughs> the sleeper. Yeah. But. It was, uh, I think it's, uh, it had its day as a legit finisher. I don't know. Maybe the Canadian Destroyer is a hair better just because it was innovative. Exciting. Yeah. That's literally all it has on the sleeper. Who, who would have ever thought, to be fair to the Canadian Destroyer, who would have ever thought you'd be able to modify the pile driver at that point in time, like 01 or whenever it came out? Yeah, whenever he it. came up with it, early yeah. 2000s. Petey Williams, I think, was Petey the, Williams, yeah. yeah. Petey Winston. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, so one credit I have to give to Petey Williams. He was a good wrestler too, isn't he? I liked him. He was and a like, good wrestler. I feel like he never really like. I think he was in WWE for a little bit, and like nothing. Never, was he? Yeah, he was probably that job guy or probably, something. Probably. Yeah. They did like a tryout match, and they never like gave like AJ it to, Styles. Yeah, had been. it was always yeah. he was too short. That was always what was the mark against him. Doesn't like that. He didn't look like shit though. He was like in shape and stuff. Yeah. Like, but does that make this move better than the sleep pot? Look, sleepers got the realism. Not much excitement again, unless it's in its time. But the Canadian Destroyer is not that realistic, so it's very. You got to weigh. How do we t- break the tie? You know what I'm saying? I'll give the slight nod to the sleep pot only I want because to also. I think it's like it's so old, like and, <laughs> but like in a good way. Meaning yeah, like it's, it's like a move that is is tried and true and has lasted. That's what I'm thinking. And yeah. you don't have to suspend really any disbelief. Oh about no, it. people like listen. I, I I've heard people tell me who were in real fights before and stuff say yeah. that like you know they tried this on somebody in real life and it yeah. worked somebody yes. told me that once like they were like i was you know that i really attempted this and i almost killed this yeah. man like and that to me is a finisher right, right there yeah. so we're okay with uh putting the sleeper below the canadian destroyer which is good below right. you know all right let's do that then let's uh let's hit the ranking time here this is one more week to go, and we're going to find out the worst 10. But right now, we got eight on the board. Number one, still the Iron Claw. Number two, the Heart Punch. Three, the Battering Ram. Four, Cobra. 
five, People's Elbow, the newcomer. Six, Canadian Destroyer. Seven, the Sleeper. And eight is still the leg drop. That's the top eight of the worst finishers in wrestling, the Royal Flush. Uh, we'll have more in two weeks to finish out the list. But Quinn, when we come back, you know where we haven't been in a while? Where? Lake Minnetonka. It's ah, time to go out there and see how the fishing is. <laughs> Lake Minnetonka. Is it foreclosed yet? <laughs> We're going to find out what it's for. We'll be doing that right after this. Now, the first thing you need to know about amateur wrestling... Yes? ...or professional wrestling or submission... <laughs> you just tell me, brother, when you want him to quit squealing, okay? All right. It's called a front chin lock. <laughs> How about it, T? Keep him like that for a little while. Because... <laughs> he's all right. He's just sleeping. He's sleeping. Really. That's, I, was, I was a sleeper hole. He'd be all right. He's waking up now. That was a serious... Right, a lot of people... See, it works. All right, brother. And now, we'll be right back after this word from you know who. We'll be right back. And now, back to our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us, guys. It's episode number 148. And before we get into some good old wrestling over in uh, Minnesota. American. Ameri- American. The most American wrestling. wrestling. Yes, absolutely. The AW wrestling. AW. Yes, AW. That's what they call it. Before we get to that, I want to plug a couple other great podcasts that are out there. Let's actually do three of them. They're friends of the show and they do good stuff. Uh, let's start with the wrestling podcast about nothing. It's WPAN. It's actually about wrestling. Yeah, it's I'm, not. I don't about know about the nothing. name. The name is misleading. I like that the letters are kind of like uh, call letters. Call letters. WPAN in Cincinnati right. or whatever. KRP. Yeah. yeah. Well, these guys are not in Cincinnati. They're in New England, and they do a great show about uh, actually wrestlers being wrestlers and being on the scene in New England, but also as fans of you know major wrestling like WWF. It's Mike Crockett, mean Mike Crockett, the most retired wrestling referee that I know. <laughs> Biggest retired ref. He's I've very ever big. Met. And his partner, when he's on the show, is the. Uh, ROH's own brawler, Brian Malonis. Wine City Whaler. He's an MIA, yeah. yeah. Probably getting wine somewhere. That's what he's been out of Martha's Vineyard this whole time. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Napa oh, Valley. Yeah. <laughs> he should change his, like, from location. You know, To like, Napa Valley, right? Napa or Marth- Martha's Vineyard. One of those. Good. Yeah. It's a good one. So, but Crockett gets other people. Brian Fury's been filling in a lot for uh, Brian Malonis lately. Anyway, check out WPA and the wrestling podcast about nothing. They're great guys and do a good show. You're going to get insight into the business of from people that have actually worked in it, but also the fans' perspective, people that grew up during the Hulkamania era. So it's a really fun combo. WPAN, the wrestling podcast about nothing. Now, speaking of really interesting, there is a show, Quinn, that comes out on Thursdays. Oh, it's massively interesting. Critically acclaimed. I mean, they're all talking about it, really. I, I, I've never seen the newspapers just oh, the, talk about a podcast like they talk about this one. I mean... The evening newspaper, no yeah. less. Move over cereal. Because <laughs> this show is here. Now, in all serialness, uh, um, you know, we, we, we're we middle brow, but this is the highest of the brow. This is sophisticated humor. This is the Frasier of wrestling podcasts. I'm talking, of course, about greetings from Allentown. There's no scrambled eggs involved in this. Not even tossed salad, Quinn. Wow. But Petey Winson hosts a, uh, a great show. It's called Greetings from Allentown. I can't explain it. Just listen to it. it ta- he talks about old wrestling. It's it's cool. All right, check it out. Yeah, Greetings and, from Allentown. And other things. And other stuff, too. You'll like it. Uh, maybe. So check out Greetings from Allentown. You might not. I don't know you. 
You right. might not right. like it. You gotta be honest. So know? try it, and then you'll find out if you like it or not. The most honest plug in the business <laughs> that, right here. That's what we do. Uh, I like it, though, yeah, is what I'm saying. I like it as well. And then check out, if you like your outdoor wrestling, dunked in barbecue sauce. And grits. And grits. Check out Booking the Territory with Mike Mills and his crew of unprofessional wrestling fanatics. That's right. These guys go south of the Mason-Dixon line as they get into the Smoky Mountain and the NWA, Southern Fried style, Quinn. The most fried wrestling, basically, period. <laughs> very fried. It doesn't get any more fried than this, and folks. It's, it's very low in trans fat, though, yeah. which is very good. Right. So, you yeah. know, got that. You got that going for it. So check out Booking the Territory. They go through the Smoky Mountain, the NWA, Mike Mills, the unprofessional wrestling podcast, and Booking the Territory. So again, our three friends of the show, wrestling, podcast about nothing, greetings from Allentown, and book in the territory. But Quinn, yep. in 1988, you know, we, we're very familiar with 1988 in the WF lately. Boy, oh boy, are we. Because uh, we've been... We've I been, feel like it's all we talk about <laughs> Yeah. We've been doing on our, um, our Patreon reviews, the pay-per-views, right? And we did the Royal Rumble, also technically not a pay-per-view, but... You know, it was on the USA Network. We've also done reviews on this show recently about 88 in general. Yes, we have. Superstars and all that. Correct. Yeah, we did Superstars a couple of weeks back. Uh, and we are well-versed in WF 1988. However, there were other wrestling promotions in 1988. Yeah, like AW. Like AW. Right. <laughs> American Wrestling. American we Wrestling. Don't, we don't talk about the other no. part of it. American Wrestling <laughs> assholes. What are they even associated with, honestly, themselves? American like, Wrestling Association, yeah, I guess yeah, of themselves. Yeah. Whereas Bobby Heenan called it all the world's assholes. Now, yeah, there you <laughs> go. That's the real name. So AWA was still alive and kicking uh, in January of 1988. This is for Ruby Vasquez, by the way. I'm sure he'll appreciate oh, this he one. he will be super excited when he just sees, this, uh, you know, oh, that's it. AW in the uh, name. He'll be into it, yeah. man. Now, AWA was in third place at this point. Uh, first place. Heavily in third place. <laughs> Very in third place. Not, not anywhere close to second. Really uh, holding on to that bronze medal right yeah. there. <laughs> well, I mean, Brad Brangans, you Brad know, they, <laughs> they, know, they know a thing or two about getting medals. So. Uh, Vince and uh, Crockett had had a heated battle for much of the mid-80s. Uh, Vince was number even, one. Yeah, and they didn't even think about it. No, so. no one's worried about AWA. Like, well, who are these people? Crockett's like, maybe I'll work with Vern because Vern's, it'll help. Vern's like, I'll work with Jerry Jerry. Yeah. It's like, what? Like, Why? Who's, who's that? <laughs> yeah, AWA had been had their talent you know, rated, I guess you could say. Basically, Vince McMahon would never hurt another wrestling promotion he ever. Never, he ever. never really did that. <laughs> never. It's, it's not, he doesn't go by the philosophy that you hurt your opponents, even though he basically hurt every single person ever, um, actively and intentionally. Yes. Um, totally knew what he was still, doing. Still does it to this day. Absolutely. Uh, Counter programs. Uh, I mean, that NXT thing is just the next example. It's like, I'm just going to get a fucking time yeah. slot because I can. <laughs> he's vindictive. Uh, yeah. He's protective. He's territorial. Uh, and the but AD- he doesn't hurt his... He doesn't hurt never. his... Con- never. Ever. Ever. I, why would you hurt them? Why, a, would, why would you even go on the same night? No, you wouldn't as do he's that. doing that right no, now. No, you wouldn't do that. I'm no. mom and pop shop. Why would you go on at the same time? It's suicide. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> asshole. Uh, so obviously, AWA <laughs> felt the uh, felt the effects of this asshole, and uh, the fans more felt so the benefit than, more so than Crockett did. Definitely, I think so. Yeah, but Vern was still going. I'll give Vern credit. He had like three more years somehow left in the tank, levying those payments against the uh, fucking Lake Minnetonka I house. Mean, I think it's what kept it going. Was just it like is. we don't want to get kicked out of the Minnetonka Lake. So the prestigious. Remember in the, the documentary, they're like it was such a prestigious lake or whatever. I loved it. It was a great place to live. Yeah, but anyway, the AWA was known for much of its history as. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this. It was very popular. AWA was very popular. In the 60s and 70s. We joke because it was a joke by the time we were around. That's all. But <laughs> yeah. it was 
enormously popular in its time. And it was the very... NWA was serious. This was like the legit serious wrestling. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, Olympians. Uh, for real, though. Yeah. But like Vern Gagne's whole MO was, I want I want real wrestlers and I'm going to teach them professional wrestling. Right. Yeah. Exactly. The, the, That's the, the style. The style that they do here is professional wrestling. Exactly. But by 88, no, we're, this is the Hulkamania era. And even in NWA, this is the Ric Flair and the Horseman people era. We're to, not. The people don't want to hear about this Jim Yeah, <laughs> Exactly. But let's do a Quinn. AWA Championship Wrestling. You can find this on YouTube if you want. It's available out there. Just search for it. Oh, yeah. They, nobody's really um, fighting over the AWA <laughs> footage. Not, no. Even though WWF has it. It's, but they, no, don't even care. they don't even take this shit down. No, like, like, they don't it's even not care. us, so it's, we don't care. Yeah. Who gives a shit? <laughs> and the episode is January 9th, 1988. Uh, Quinn, the intro had what I would call like kid picks level CGI. Yeah, yeah very kid picks. Infomercial uh, music. They also say they have the greatest stars, which is just a flat out lie at this point. I mean, they don't. Yeah. Who, who works for this company that isn't somebody that's like, I don't like Vince right now or something? <laughs> yeah, we'll find out, right? Or I can't get hired by Vince. That's pretty much all it was. Uh, Larry Nelson, the old stalwart there, welcomes us and mentions that. The Midnight Rockers last week dunked him in a dunk tank, but he's dry now. <laughs> yeah, by the way, Larry's like in a Lake Minnetonka trophy room or whatever that is. Yeah, what is that it's room? It's very Vern. Why like, are there so many trophies behind trophies him? trophies and medals. <laughs> like, we were talking about medals. They got the medals right yeah, here. They do. Uh, this week, though, Quinn, we're going to see some ladies wrestling. And, of course, we're going to see Greg Gagne. Oh, they're hot. Hey. Up and comer in 1988. Because <laughs> it wouldn't be an episode of AWA without Greg Gagne. Is he going to punch the button? Yeah, I hope so. Uh, we throw to uh, the ring where Mick Karch, that's right, who would wind up in the AWF later, introduces our first match. Guess what? Dennis Stamp is booked. Yep, jo- jobber extraordinaire. Yep, Dennis, Dennis Stamp. Stamp. This guy gets around, man. <laughs> he does. Uh, mild booze for him in his little league nope, coaching nobody, jacket. Nobody fucking cares. <laughs> Sucks. Yeah. His opponent, though, Quinn, makes his way down the aisle. It is Wahoo McDaniel. What? Shouldn't he be in the NWA or whatever? I am what always here? confused with Wahoo. Yeah. Because his timeline to me is so foggy in my this mind. January of 88, it's, it, especially he should still be around in NWA. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, what, he looks fat, too, by the way. We'll, well get into that. So very big. Here's the thing about Wahoo, though. It's it looks like, like Norm. Literally years. by... I think 86 was his last, like, really active year. I mean, you like, can he, tell. I'm just, I, what I mean is, like, he was just kind of doing this shit for fun at this point. Like, he wasn't, like, serious anymore. I wouldn't think so. Yeah, like, no, I wouldn't like, think so. He's, like, very whatever. Like, very much on a retirement tour. Yeah, on the senior PGA tour, yeah, basically, exactly. right? The graphic says McDaniels, because AWA. Our announcers, though, this got me happy, Quinn. The awesome, the underrated Rod Trongard, everybody. Mm-hmm. And Vern Kanye. Yeah, it was good. Up until Vern Gagne. Listen, bald old wrestlers generally make good commentators. In the case of like a Luthez, Gagne is an exception. He's not a good announcer. But you said bald old wrestlers. What about Billy Graham? Okay, maybe yeah, uh, yeah, maybe yeah, Luthez not... is the exception. Yeah, then. exactly. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, you're right. Uh, Wahoo man, just especially circular today here. Lock up and a side headlock like by Stamp. Push off and Stamp avoids a chop. Back play by Wahoo. Vern immediately brings up Stamp's amateur background. Oh my god, he's just fucking talking about college and shit. Yeah, he went to college as an amateur wrestler. Stamp out of North Dakota State, or yes, North Dakota State University wrestled up there. If I wanted to hear about college, just bring up the damn Steiner brothers. Like, uh, enough! <laughs> I, you know, this is one of my pet peeves in wrestling. It's like, hey, Miss University of Mass yeah, or the whatever the fuck. Like I, like, I don't know, I don't know 
I'm not a college sports person. Neither am I. So when somebody just starts babbling about he went to MU and yeah. PU and all this bullshit, F-U. I, I don't know what the fuck any of that means. Yeah, like, I don't know how good that is or not. I have like, no meter to gauge that. Yeah, exactly. I know Harvard is like if you're smart or something. Yeah, I know the Ivy Leagues. Yeah. Um, as far as their sports, like which are the good teams, have, I have no idea. No, no, I just mean that, that I don't know, yeah, I don't know if anything. that means they're good. I know the Miami Hurricanes exist. Yeah. Yeah, they, they're, they're a team. They're because a team. The, you know because The Rock played on there. Exactly. Uh, Irish Whip by Stamp and Anita, the ample gut there of Wahoo. Very big beer belly. Yeah, I know. It's very just... large. <laughs> it's not even the largest belly on this show, though. I must no, admit. that's yeah. right. It's the second largest. Yeah. We're going to get the largest one later. Uh, Need Drop gets two for Wahoo. Some more chops. <laughs> Irish Whip and then a big chop out of nowhere for three. That, that was, was brisk. Random, <laughs> Wahoo is basically like, fuck this. And he's yeah. just like, he's like, I'm done. Like, yeah. It's like, I, listen, I'm two here. Minutes. I'm here for just goofs. Like, yeah. it's like, I, I was just looking for something to do on this, like, Friday night taping. Quick payday. Yeah. Quick, 20 bucks. Get in, get out, go back back to his wife or whatever. Yep. Eat a bowl of cornflakes and yeah. call it a night. Exactly. Watch Matlock and then it's over. <laughs> That's a, you know what? I bet you that fucking happened. Like, he just, like, got in his, like, Buick, like, <laughs> after the match and just left and, like, went to Cecile or whatever his wife's name Cecile, is. I like that. Yeah, it Cecile. sounds like a, 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 a name from the past. Yeah, you know? definitely. Um, and Rod Trongard, when he gets aroused, he gets aroused. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Well, who quickly leaves and hey, Quinn, we're off to a good start at least. That was yeah, quick. Very it was, quick. It was yeah. easy. Uh, now Vern's like, meanwhile, during the replay, bringing up like boxing or some crap. Just stop talking. <laughs> I don't know. Why does he have to do that? Yeah. As we see the AWA notebook rankings. <laughs> I should mention there's like aerobics music <laughs> yeah. under this. Yeah, like, what is this music? Very aerobics. Uh, let's get the uh, top five rankings here in the AWA. Quinn at number one. <laughs> I did not that know. This is not his name, is it? I know. I guess it was. Cool Kurt Hennig. <laughs> Get out of here. Just come on. Number two. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Greg Gagne. There's no nepotism involved no. whatsoever in these rankings. Now, number three was a shocker, Quinn. Adorable Adrian. I think it's mainly because he just showed up and they're like, oh, we got him. <laughs> yeah, we, we got Adonis. Number four, Wahoo McDaniels. Uh, and number five, Mr. Magnificent. More on him later. Honestly, I've never been a fan of rankings in wrestling because they're meaningless. Like, just tell me <laughs> the number one contender. The rest literally don't matter. I guess like, you're they don't, right. Like, you're right. Because who's fighting for the number six spot? And the other or thing whatever, is, you know? isn't, like, Greg the TV champ? Why? Like, oh, yeah. what about the people in the TV rankings? Like, That's who are, true. Who's they, who are they? Who's under him in the Orsish's overall rankings? I, I just don't understand. I don't know. Uh, but I do know this, Quinn. We're coming back to... Uh, Bill after yes, out of nowhere, thumbing through one of his PWI Pro Wrestling Illustrated magazines. Hello everyone, this is Pro Wrestling Illustrated senior editor Bill After. He's very excited about the Aftermax. Yeah. The, the what, Quinn? Don't, don't call them hey, the Aftermax. Hey. Don't do that, okay? He doesn't that's not what we do. Okay. Uh, he's also holding, besides his mag here, the plaque for <laughs> Kurt, This is amazing. Yeah, this is funny. Kurt Hennig's most improved wrestler award. <laughs> that is just embarrassing. The AWA world champ most improved. That is funny, right? <laughs> Not even like the best wrestler of the year. Best yeah. AWA wrestler or anything <laughs> like that. Like, I don't know. Just like something better than most improved. <laughs> Implying that that's, he sucked. The implication for that person is like, it's usually like a guy that's on the bottom rung who like <laughs> 
he got better this year. That's like, all it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the champion. Like, what? And, and you know what? Kurt feels the same way because the AWA champ, cool Kurt. Yeah, it's so cool. He storms in. Kurt. With a cool. Yeah. With his leather jacket. Very cool. Like, but Fonzie the, had one. So the coolest. You know what we say about Fonzie. A. Fuck Fonzie. Yeah, fuck him too. Hey. And he gets all pissed off too. He's like, hey, I beat Nick Bockwinkle. He was the best wrestler in the world. He says that not even Hogan or Andre could beat Bockwinkle. I I was surprised he was like talking. And then he starts talking about like Ric Flair and shit, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I think he's telling, I think the Hogan and Andre thing, obviously he's bringing them up because they're notable. Well, they're the hot thing. The hot poo right now. But they were both, they both worked for AWA and neither of them beat Bockwinkle technically. Remember like Hogan with the screw they also over and all that for the awa and just left because it sucked <laughs> like they were like we're not we don't i don't work out on this place like, Vern, yeah. i like you i give you my recipe to make the chicken yeah but i don't work here i uh, go bye-bye vince senior i like him <laughs> i like vince senior good man cool kurt calls the fans stupid and says that the award could go to alan west or rick flair you know whoever uh mr improved over here says he's the best in the world and he doesn't need these awards because his closet is full of them good like, <laughs> <I know. laughs> he still he sounds a lot like mr perfect already too like, but he's, he's not perfect he's, yet i'm just meaning that he's like he's only cool right now but he's, he's improving pretty, he's pretty fully formed is he my, is, is my yeah point. as a heel absolutely yeah. uh bill after i love the way he signs off oh Quinn. yeah he's all sad like apologizing <laughs> to the fans like well because he's like as as cool kurt's like he's like but but mr Ray, kurt uh, i'm perfect, sorry whatever i'm sorry but 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 they they voted in the after mags quinn what how many times do i have to tell you this i mean it's been years now don't call them the after mags jeez he doesn't whatever. like that eh. Back to ringside, where the team of John Stewart, not that one, <laughs> and uh, Jake Milkman Milliman are in the ring. He's dressed like a train conductor, not a milkman. <laughs> well, he's not white. It's he's getting like jean color. Yeah, or whatever. I know. What like, is he wearing? Yeah, denim. Whatever. <laughs> he, he has a conductor hat. He does. That's one hundred percent like an old timey engineer cap. I thought a shiny time station was going to be on after this, Remember like Ringo ring- and all that. That's what you get when you've been around as long as I have. And then who was the other guy? That George Carlin, of yeah. all people. Ooh, he looked a lot like Ringo. When no, he he, no, no, he, he did They were close enough. I don't think so. Well, you see, there are some people who push other people around because it makes them feel important. Their opponents, though, the milkman and whoever, Jake and the fat man here, their opponents are the hilariously 1982 team of ace cowboy Bob Orton. Yes. And adorable Adrian Adonis. And also very WF team. Here. Yeah. It's really weird they're here like this early in it. Like they're they are freshly gone. Like they oh, have yeah. just left. Orton was gone by shit, I want to say November right. of eighty seven. Again, it's or only so. like a month and a half or something. Adrian a little longer. He was gone in May, but still, like this is you know, the last big WWE pay-per-view was Survivor, or before Survivor Series was WrestleMania 3, and both guys were on it. They were on that show, yes. Yeah, and Orton was there throughout the summer, feuded with Morocco, and now all of a sudden he's here. It's very odd. And for the record, Orton looks the same as he always oh, does. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah, always looks the he, same. He never changes. Now, Adrian, though, this is interesting, because I'm not used to seeing him after WrestleMania 3 almost right. anywhere. He has his dark hair again, but he's still fat. Yeah, he's like very fucking fat. Yeah. He's very, very fat. And I can't tell, honestly, because of how, like, Adrian is very good at being cerebral to the point where, like, you don't know if everything he does is intentional, even his looks. Like, he is very, like, good at that. I think it's And I don't know if this is for heat. Like, is is he just 
he's just think it is. on the Snickers bars, like constantly. Just like I got it, I got him look like a big fat asshole, like as much as possible. <laughs> it's a closed party. Yeah, I think you're right, though. I think he's doing it on purpose. Right. Because you also notice the way he walked down the aisle was very slow, like annoyingly slow. <laughs> oh, and he's like prancing yeah. around, like but like his stomach all yeah. out, like just obnoxiously. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, like, it's very <laughs> obvious that he is just gaining weight intentionally, absolutely, just to be a dick. Just to be a dick. Uh, Vern takes this opportunity to bring up his son Greg for no reason as Adrian and uh, John Stewart <laughs> that name is just funny John Stewart I just Stewart. called him John the yeah, whole time in my notes John not Stewart John uh, like I said Adrian's moving at like 0.5 miles oh, per God, hour he's so he's being so obnoxious yeah he, like he just fats into Stewart like and his he, first thing he does is fat into yeah, Stewart yeah literally he just guts right into him yeah and then he tags Orton who hits an atomic drop and then a back play. And what was really funny is literally as I'm typing back souple, Vern Gunn, he's like, oh, back souple. Yeah, it's like, what? Oh, back souple. Back to Adrian and uh, Stuart Fires from Shots of the Gut here. Adonis with like those Dean Ambrose wussy punches from a couple years ago. Oh, yeah. Which leads Vern. This is the one funny thing Vern said. He's like, sometimes he battles like an old woman up there. Well, excuse me, ladies. I don't mean yeah, to say I, that. I actually, this this kind of made me laugh yeah, also because because I thought... He was also slightly referring to Adrian adorable, like being a woman. Yeah, that's what I mean. The way he was fighting was like an old lady. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. Uh, Orton attacks Stewart on the apron. The heels then double team, and Milkman tries to fire up the crowd, but they're just not having it. Who is Milkman? I don't. I've heard the name before, haven't you, Jake Milliman? The milkman? I, I'm thinking of the guy from EGM. I'm but, thinking of Melky Cabrera. Yeah. The milkman yeah, delivers. Yeah. Uh, Orton with a clothesline here. As I noticed, we're at the Showboat Sports Pavilion, Quinn. Uh, Nothing says class. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> like the Showboat Sports Pavilion. Sherry said that was fun, though. Or I'm something. sure it she was. Ma- she mentioned that on some documentary where she was like, the only good thing about that was that they were like, they had a lot of fun. The re- like, I bet the they casino. did. Yeah, like, I bet she said, did. she said it was a really good time. I bet it was. Yeah. Orton misses a charge and then uh, charges the milkman who fires away, but Milkman quickly eats a knee. Uh, Adrian with a back play. Orton comes back in. And they land a really sloppy spike pile driver for the win. I will say utter domination. Though. They, they did not give uh, Milky Man and, no. and, and John Stewart, yeah, the, John the guy Cookie from the Stewart. Daily, Daily Show or whatever. Yeah. They didn't give they didn't give him anything. No. As we uh, see a shot of the crowd, some guy in the audience is dressed up like Sheik Adnan al Kassi. Like why? <laughs> and Rod's like a replica of the Sheik or, or what have you. It's weird that Rod like comments on it. <laughs> he's so good. <laughs> yeah. Rod Drogard is good. Well, because he's just, his commentary style is I'm just going to look around and whatever the fuck I see, I'm just going to like comment on <laughs> it's it. Like, what it like, is. Even if it, I'm not supposed to. He or reminisces. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't really care that much. Yeah. He's good. He's very much like that WrestleMania 4 style where they're just sitting there watching this yep. shit. And they're just talking about whatever. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what it is. And you know what? For this type of show, it works. It's true. They're paying enough attention. They're just yeah. not like going overboard. Although Vern, you know, he cares more than anybody. Well, of but... course. He has a vested interest in this right. house. Very vest. Very vesty. Uh, ring announcer Mick Karsh now wants to talk to Adrian Adonis and Bob Orton. very odd. Very odd. The, the, the ring announcer. Yeah, it does the interviews. also Mean Gene, basically. It's efficient, I guess, right? Yeah. Uh, he specifically wants to know why the hell... Bob Orton is there when Adrian Adonis, because apparently Adrian's already got a manager, Paul E. Dangerously. Like, I was like, what? Wow, like, Paul Heyman, weird. huh? Didn't expect that one. Well, I mean, he's coming hot off the uh, promoting Bam Bam in, like, Studio 54 or whatever. Yeah, like, I guess it's a, around that time, it's right? A year, it was only like six months before this or yeah. something, I forget. Where was Heyman before this? Continental? So, or somewhere in Memphis? Something like that. Somewhere in the South, I, right? I know, well, basically, I know he mainly got his start doing promotion for Bigelow. 
And that was one of the things he did. Yeah, he went to some territories. Yeah, and he's already cropping up here in AWA. He's very young. Oh yeah, no, twenty-three. He moved around to all the big territories like quickly, very quickly, very talented. Obviously, I mean, people noticed him immediately because. But the thing is, he also got to start. Remember, he was taking pictures in eighty-one. Photographer, yeah, like at a young age, yeah, sixteen, seventeen years years old. old, So I was like. He, he's just been here forever. He's like a veteran by 88. True, of, of being in the business. Yeah, just being you're around. right. Yeah. You're right about that. Adonis says that, why is Orton there? Because he doesn't have eyes in the back of his head. All he has back there is gorgeous hair. He then brings up how he uh, terminated Roddy Piper and Tommy Rich and Wahoo McDaniel. All he, lies, because all these people <laughs> still know. exist. But. And then when he brings up McDaniel, he's like, eh. <laughs> but now, Quinn, his problem is with Greg Gagne. So he figured he'd have Ace Horton, as he says, as his bodyguard. Orton now cuts a very Bob Orton promo, but he sounds like fucking Cookie Monster. What is, was that? Uh, I'm gonna have <laughs> that. Yeah, I don't know what that was. The moral of his promo is that uh, they're friends. Cool. Like, whatever. <laughs> because there's very few times you find a friend in professional wrestling, and when a friend calls, not for my help, because he don't need any help. Adrian then calls the fans nine to five morons who think they know wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Good promo. I gotta say, good promo by Adrian. And I'll admit, he never really was bad. Like, even with this, like, even with the fat and, like, so crappy or whatever, it's, he's still great. Honestly, we were just watching him on that other thing. Yeah. Oh, shit. What were we the watching him on? The one with the color and commentation. Right. He was yeah. on that. Southwest, right. Southwest, yeah, from 83, yeah. I think that was, right? Right. And, yeah, and Adrian, just everything I see of he's, him, he's good. He's never bad. He's always good, right? It's so, it's such a shame that he didn't get to do one more reinvention, like lose the weight, do a different character. I know. Because like, it's like, he's kind of, like, when he passed away, he was in this transition phase to, like, adorable, back to the original New York the Adrian. and version, he's like, yeah. You know, like, since he's undecided, because he's kind of both, right? there's this air of, like, maybe there's one more character left. Maybe he's got something else up his sleeve. Right, right? exactly. Yeah. And, and you don't know what it is yet. Yeah, too bad, man, because yeah. he was he was really, really good. Uh, Mick Karch just leaves as we, uh, we see a replay of the pile driver, Quinn. Yeah, over, like, fake I feel love by Donna Summer. I'm not joking. <laughs> Only you would notice it was like, that. No, but it was like the... And it was like, I was like, why? I don't know. The thing is, it wasn't the actual song, and back then they usually didn't give a shit about using... Yeah, So it was just odd that they had, like, imitation of that song. Well... Quinn, it's the AWA Notebook's most hated rankings now. Oh, see, I didn't even, I wasn't paying attention enough to know that it's, I just thought it was the same rankings again because they were almost identical. So the most hated. Number one is Cool Kurt Hennig. Exactly. I just saw that and I was like, well, it's okay. I don't care. Number two is Paul E. Dangerously. Number three, Soldad Ustinov. Yes. Don't worry about it. He was, he teamed with Boris Zukov, but then Zukov left. It doesn't matter. Number four is Adorable Adrian, and number five is Bob Orn. And then we get a promo for live events. Uh, We're told that the uh, AWA, which is the Major League of Professional Wrestling, will be in Minute, North Dakota. That's such a lie. (laughs) Nothing says big time, Quinn, like North Dakota. (laughs) You know, I I wonder if WF was like somewhere around there because I would definitely go to that instead of this. They wouldn't, WWF didn't go to North Dakota often, I don't think. No, no one did. It sucks. I just no thought offense. They, I thought they would just invade for the, the hell of it because Vern's there. It's you not worth that. it to invade. There's no one there anyway. What, a deer attending the show? The <laughs> moose showing Possibly. up? This is how big leagues they are. Tickets are going to be available at Osco Drugs and Saunders Sporting Goods. Oh God, they don't even sell their own tickets. They don't have a <laughs> ticket booth at the damn arena. <laughs> they can't hire one person to just sit there and sell tickets. They're also, uh, AWA will, be at other locations in Minnesota and Wisconsin and crap like that. You get your tickets at fucking Pathmark, I don't know, one hour photo, wherever. But back to the rain now, Quinn. 
where Art Washington is introduced to booze. <laughs> yeah, th- th- this is some of the best shit right here. His opponent <laughs> is Jammin' Mitch Snow. Correction, Joe. He's the very popular Jammin' Mitch Snow. Never heard of him. I hear he's a jam-up guy, though. <laughs> Like who the who, fuck is who is this? Nobody, but he's so popular. That's like he's literally introduced as the very popular Jammin' Mitch. Who Whoa! is that? It's like get the fuck out of here! Oh gosh. Uh, so anyway, Art Vandalite here pushes off a headlock. If you think I don't care about this match, you're correct. Uh, Art Donovan escapes another headlock. Uh, I gotta say this pull. about both guys though. They yeah. named Mitch and Art. I, yeah. I, they sound like two guys that work at Sears. <laughs> Seriously, like, could you see that? Yeah. Hey, Mitch. Yes, Art. Are you are you off break yet? I gotta go. Yeah, okay, I'll be right there. You can know what Mi- I mean? Can Mitch and Art come down to lumber? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> You're needed a lumber. So I looked up uh, Mitch Snow as I was watching this, and Online World of Wrestling has this to say about him. Mitch Snow was one of Vern Gagne's many failed attempts to create superstars after McMahon raided his talent. Fucking serious. This is another <laughs> Ryan Gens, isn't it? I maybe. Handful of early 80s babyface moves by Snow. You know, the arm drag, the hip toss, the arm ringer, mm-hmm. crescent kick by Snow, and then a crappy drop kick leading Rod to say, oh, he really got him. Shitty belly to belly, and then a uh, sit-down powerbomb gets the win. Good yeah, enough. No, like, crap. Yeah. I will say this, because they, they comment that they both never have seen the powerbomb before, and I was like, what? Like, I swear it's like earlier than this, right? Who says invented it? Right. It's been Why around did, forever. But like, it's new. <laughs> like, I'm not joking. I know. It's been around for like 30 years or something. Doesn't even Rod, I, I almost want to say Rod's like, this is the first time I've ever seen that move. Like, I don't know what that move is, actually. Yeah. It's <laughs> history is made. <laughs> they like to say that on this show, by the way. Like, earlier, Larry said something. They, they like, do, yeah. <laughs> but now we're going to go to Larry Nelson, Quinn. And uh, Larry Nelson wants to uh, bring up how we've recently crowned the first ever international TV champion. What? You want to guess who it was? Just guess who it was. It was Greg Gagne. Of course. Punch the button, Greg. Punch the button, Greg. Yep. Exactly. Now, international TV champ. So now, what, what are they, is they wrestling on Telemundo? Yeah, well, it's all channels. Uh, satellites. Uh, you can get around the world. <laughs> That's true, right? BBC has, has they know about Greg Gagne. AWO is uh, very big in Uzbekistan, from yeah. what I understand. Uh, uh, but, the Russian RT. Oh, they're, yeah, of course. Uh, definitely uh, uh, TV Tokyo. Yes, Laos. Fuji TV. Uh-huh, Mr. They're Fuji. Really on everything. Everything. Greg wanders in now wearing a nice suit, and he says it's a great honor to be the AWA International TV Champion. He brings up, uh, you know, how they have TV in France and in Switzerland. Really electrifying. He sounds like Vern, like, saying, like, oh, and we got dates here, and uh, yeah. it's like, you know what I mean? It's like, we made deals with uh, Models. Uh, like, that's... They're not good enough for Models, Quinn. My point, Joe, Maybe is Herman's. That, that Greg is dressed like a businessman, and he's talking like a businessman. He's not... Like, he is so near the tail end of his career he at this point. retires, like, next year, yeah. Right. He is, like, already, like, looks like he's just a backstage guy. Oh, absolutely. Like, you know what I mean? Especially wearing a suit. Right. Did Greg do any... I don't know much about Greg. Did he do for any other promotions post-AWA closing down? Did he, he just work in wrestling at all? I thought he did, but I could I, be maybe wrong. Maybe WCW or something? I, yeah, maybe. I can't remember. I think yeah. he had a job somewhere. Uh, Larry wants to know how having this new title is going to affect him. And Greg basically says, uh, well, I'm obligated to defend this crap on TV a few times a month, but really, I just want the world title. Yeah, spoilers, he has no chance. No. <laughs> he and never wins it, folks. No, and way to put over this new belt, Greg. Yeah, it's like, you know what? This I have belt, to defend it. I gotta do this, but fuck that shit. Yeah. I just want to be the world champion. <laughs> right, that's what he says! Good, great title. I mean, I guess that's realistic, but it, it didn't get it over. It's a, 
the funny part is, is it's a lot of like it reminds me a lot of how like Dusty treated like the TV yeah. title when he like why was Dusty Rose the TV champion? I never could understand I don't that. Know. Like it always bothered me because he's charismatic. I it's guess like, I just it's like can you just give it to Iron Anderson already and just be, <laughs> be done with it? Um, back to ringside now, where David Price is in the ring and he looks like Lanny Poffo combined with the actual baseball David. Yeah, Price. No, I was gonna say this isn't the pitcher, <laughs> not though. the pitcher. Yeah. Meanwhile, back to the bone hits and Medusa accompanies. Mr. Magnificent Kevin Kelly to the ring. Wait, is it that Kevin Kelly? It's not that Kevin. Not uh, the lady. Not the lady version. <laughs> Hi! This is the Mr. Yes. Medusa here, Quinn, has hair like John Bon Jovi or something. Yeah, and Mr. Magnificent, he looks like a very dumpy Steve Austin. Like, I hate it. Do you know who that is, by the way? I'm going to reveal it at the end if you don't. <sighs> there was it's a someone of, you know. There's a couple of guys, like, I thought maybe Primetime Brian Lee, like say. a young version. Not going to say who it is yet. Or Dan Spivey or something. Not say like, who I it couldn't. Is yet. Yeah, I literally couldn't. You're right that it's probably somebody. I just. It's, it's someone you know. I could not grasp who this was the whole time. Good. Like, That's I, even better. I kept. And I was like Perfect. staring at him. <laughs> like, and I'm like. I'll tell you who it is at the end. Dan Spivey? Like, I'm like. Could he, be. I don't he know. He looks so familiar. He is familiar. You know who it is. You're going to. You'll know. But uh, Kevin Kelly, not that Kevin Kelly. Also has Nick Kaninsky with him, unfortunately. I didn't even care enough to pay attention to who that was. Like, who? Nick That's Kaninsky. fine. I was like, what? You know Gene Kaninsky, right? It's his son. What? Former he was a, NWA was, champion in like the 60s. He was a thing? Gene Kaninsky's son was a wrestler? Yeah, he was also in WF in like 87. As what? Nick Kaninsky. Oh. Like, briefly. Wow. Very briefly. I've never, I'd never seen him before. Because he stinks. Uh, Lock-up clean break in the corner. Kelly does not have knee pads on, which bothers me. Another lock-up, a push-off by Kelly. Wrist lock is reversed by Price, but Kelly with a thigh to the gut. Yes, a thigh. A uh, nice body slam by Kelly. Irish whip, a back elbow, and a side back breaker, and then two more by Kelly. I'll admit, he's impressive, but just, like, indescript. Yes, that's a good way to put him. He'll yeah. get more descript later in his career. I can't wait to tell you who this is. This is, is this great. Austin? I'm not telling you it anything. Can't, it can't be. He's I'm too not tall. telling you who it is yet. Who the fuck is this guy? Wait, just tell me for real. I'm t- hang on here. Okay. Kelly nails him with a snap play for the win. Nobody even cares. I know. Like, okay, who is this okay. Mr. Magnificent Kevin Kelly, you might know better as Nails. That's fucking Nails? That's Nails. Oh my God. Yes. He looks so different. I know. And, and he's, he's still dumpy, though. He yeah. still stinks. He's still doing, at least he's doing wrestling moves. I've never seen him do wrestling moves, you oh know? Oh, my God. That's nails. Wow, he looks so different. <laughs> I know. I don't blame you for thinking that could have possibly been Brian Lee or Dan Spy. Looks like, he looks like that. It could be uh, one of the fucking Destruction crew or whatever yeah, they're called. Like, literally, Beverly he, Brothers, you he know. is so indescript yep. here. Like, absolutely indescript. Semi-good look with blonde hair and kind of tall. And Medusa there just to, like... Yeah. Just to be there. Because she was there with Austin. That's, yeah. that's funny. Uh, but anyway, speaking of Medusa, Rod Trongard makes a very big deal about her robe for some reason, Quinn. Like, what is that, like, thing? Like, <laughs> I've never seen a wardrobe like that. Yeah, it's not even, like, special either. Right. It's, like, maybe got, like, a couple of, like, bedazzled <laughs> on it. Like, it, like, like not even a lot. Like, it's not like somebody went crazy with no, the bedazzler. It's, it's like, normal. It's, like, one or two, like, sparkles, like, on the back. Yeah. That's it. It's a robe. It's a fucking robe. Nothing special. But, Quinn, we have uh, more from the AWA notebook. Here's a quote here. When I look in the mirror... Actually, hang on. When I look in the mirror, <laughs> I see the reflection of perfection. The only thing missing is a championship belt. Mr. Magnificent, Kevin Kelly. So weird. To the ring where we have our AWA Ladies Championship Tournament Final. We're going to crown a new ladies champion here. Hot title here. Women's Revolution. I'll give it to Vern. Uh Give it to him. Well, it's not much of a revolution, but anyway. 
Candy Divine is in the ring, and her opponent, who we literally just saw, comes back down. It's Medusa. With- now, do you think this was filmed before or after the last match? Like, I, I, don't I was trying know. to figure that out when I saw her come down. They probably weren't filmed back to back. Yeah, it's and just very odd. She's with Slick Nick Kaninsky, by the way. Yeah, not even Mr. Magnificent, but they both look almost the same anyway. They're the same thing. Yeah. Also, Medusa announced from Milan, Italy, for some reason, which... Well, I, that's because she was born there in real life. Are you serious? Because yeah. isn't the whole big deal about Medusa is, like, made in the USA or yes, whatever? that's what it stands for. But she was born in Italy. No. Debbie Michelli was really born in Italy, yes. Are you serious? Yes. I thought she was Italian, but I mean not. She was born in Italy, then huh. she was raised in Minnesota. That's real. It's so strange to me because of the whole she wasn't even made, made, in, made in the USA it's thing. It's all a lie. She's really made in Italy. Oh, man. Why wasn't her name Metalli? <laughs> yeah, it should have been. That's better. Made yeah. in the USA. Uh, I think Medusa is better than Metalli. Also, Medusa Metalli. How does Medusa... I don't know. Is it spelled supposed to be spelled M-A-D-E-U-S-A? So made in the USA? No, huh? it's M-A-D-U-S-A. Mad USA. Me, Mad USA. I still don't get where she gets the made in the U.S. She always says, just, it meant made in the U.S.A. She's just merging them together. It's just very weird. Anyway, she attacks uh, at the bell here, but Candy with a backdrop and then a body slam. Medusa bails out and Nick Kaninsky comes over to help. Candy riles up the old people in the audience. Yeah, by the way, Candy is in like a white cat suit thing and Medusa's <laughs> basically like in the darker version yeah. of the same thing. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> Rod's all happy about the attire. Yeah. Oh, great attire! Right. Him with the attire! It's a gorilla! Yeah, it's just funny. I just thought it was funny that they're in like almost identical, like they just probably like the budget wasn't high for this shit and they just like handed them, you're the white one. <laughs> you're the black. <laughs> you're the black. That's funny. You can tell the difference. Put your pennies on. Yeah. <laughs> Back in lockup and Candy with a schoolgirl, but Medusa gets to the rope. Circle lockup and Medusa grabs an arm ringer, which is reversed by Candy, who a pretty big pop. Armbar by Candy now is Rod Trongard relates how Candy was in fact the AWA Ladies Champion in 1984 as Candy grinds in the armbar. Rod Trongard's talking about how Medusa has uh, excelled in the art of karate. Why did he say it like Kramer? Like I was very that that was weird to me. She has excelled in the art of karate. It's all real. Candy uh, brings Medusa down to the mat and then works the arm. Arm, arm, arm. I, this is the arm of the match. It's very arm. Yeah. Uh, Rod arm Trong- Anderson. <laughs> Rod Trongard, Quinn, wants to see Nick Kaninsky anywhere but ringside. I, wanna, I don't ever want to see him. Uh, <laughs> I want to see him anywhere else but this arena, but, but wrestling. And then Ver- <laughs> Vern's like, uh, he shouldn't even be allowed out there. And what the hell is Stanley Blackburn doing about he all this anyway? up the commission. Yeah. All yes. This. He's like, you're supposed to have new rules. Fuck him. He yeah. sucks. He's not doing his job. I, I got to do it. <laughs> yeah. Now, Medusa tries to escape the arm work. But Candy brings her back up to a standing position. Medusa tries to slam, but Candy hangs onto the arm bar. Corner whip by Medusa, but into an arm drag again by Candy arm, Divine. Arm, arm, I know, a lot of arm Anderson here. Yeah. Uh, Vern brings up how Wilbur Snyder really Who? liked the arm bar. Wilbur Snyder. Who? Old wrestler. Okay. That's all. And then he brings up Joe Blanchard, too. Tully's what? dad. What? Just keep bringing names He's up. He's a rambling old man, yeah. Vern. He really is. Like, oh, my friend um, Joe Blanchard. Yeah, he's down in Texas. He's going to talk about his friend Harry Truman. Uh, my friend that? Harry Truman. Yeah. He replaced FDR. And yeah. FDR was the only president to serve for four terms and be elected for them. They changed the rule after him. That would Vern would say that, though. Seriously. He would, he would say it, but he'd also say it in a way where, like, he knew them. Did you like know that was, Abe Lincoln was a wrestler? Right. It's like I was friends with fucking George Washington or something. <laughs> like, it's so old. I have a fun fact for all the fans at home right now watching this AWA program. Uh, George Washington and I had the same denture manufacturer. <laughs> a little company out there in, uh, in St. Paul. It was a great little company. It's when I was a spry 70. Some of that land is still Indian territory out there to this day, Rod. 
Oh, it's great. All right. So anyway, Medusa with a head scissors and uh, Candy maintains control, however, this with the arm. sucks. <laughs> like, just because you can make the match longer with rest holds doesn't make it better. And I That's know... That's a fair point. You were telling me, we were talking about this before you were saying about Ric yeah. Flair and Steamboat, and, but like, at least I wanted was, you to explain the difference. There was like counters and stuff. And, psychology. Like, some, it was moving a little bit. And there well, was psychology, psychology yeah. The, one, we'll get to the psychology in this match. It is ass. The, like, this, like, this is literally them just fake psychology yeah there's like nothing really going on yeah there's nothing happening it's just boring it's okay it's just boring yeah. you know it's not it's not really good it's like they were told like how to do psychology but they weren't like told what it is fair like you know what i mean yeah i get what you're saying uh rod rattles off because he's bored i guess a bunch of crew members that work for awa including and i kid you not polish joe yeah, you know that's <laughs> you got your nicknames i guess right <laughs> yeah it's very specific though yeah. uh, medusa grabs quinn an armbar now. Come on! Yeah. But Candy with uh, some chops to escape. Irish whip backdrop and a body slam by Candy gets two. Medusa with a snap souple, which gets a one count. Irish whip and a clothesline by Medusa. And the crowd is asleep. Yeah, this match like, is a real sleep-ah. Yeah. <laughs> sleep-ah, the match. Another Irish whip and a duck under by Candy this time, and a crossbody gets two. Medusa with some stomps to stay in control, and she tosses Candy through the ropes, hops down to brawl outside, Big body slam on the concrete, and this I liked. Vern's like, I, that shouldn't happen, but you know what? I don't even know what a DQ is anymore. <laughs> that was- yeah, he starts bitching about like DQs and wrestling. Like he's like, I uh, used to, used to, it would just uh, you hit the referee once and you were out, and now they just let him do whatever they want. I remember this one time I was wrestling in Czechoslovakia, right? And uh, <laughs> okay. that was be- that was before it was part of the Soviet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember in Germany when it was still united. Yeah, uh, Candy comes back in and escapes a side headlock to attempt. Irish whip and a throat thrust by Candy. Candy then with a drop kick uh, to the uterus. A uh, monkey flip, an arm drag, a body slam gets two for Candy. Candy then grabs that great finisher, the abdominal stretch. Hot. Very new finisher. <laughs> but the uh, beautiful and talented Nick Kaninsky hops up on the apron with a distraction hair pull. Medusa gets an O'Connor roll for the win and the <laughs> ladies' championship. Just boo to that, I say. After all that, it just ends with interference. Horrible. Huh? Like, that's, that's it. Fucking stupid. Why did they even wrestle the whole time? Nick Kaninsky could have just tripped her in the five, yeah. first five seconds God. instead of having to sit in arm bars for months. What a waste like, that was, was, right? What a waste of time, yeah. Happy hour at the arm bar. Yeah. Medusa celebrates outside the ring all happily while the announcers bitch about Nick Kaninsky's interference. It's true. But Mick Karch now wants to talk to Medusa. So Medusa... Tells Karch to stifle, while uh, Kaninsky says that while everyone else was easy, eating turkey, we were training. And then what? like Karch want, basically wants to know, like, what the fuck were you doing on the apron? Right. You dickhead. And he's like, oh, I just wanted to get a better view. And, and then he just keeps rambling, yeah. and, and literally Mick Karch cuts him off. Yeah. Like, we're getting nowhere with this. Get, yeah. get him like, he was... literally like takes the mic away, and that's it. Yeah, well, because like, Kaninsky's promo sucked, first yeah. of all. It was terrible. Like, I didn't even know what he was saying. Yeah. All I heard was turkey, and that was about it. And the card is like, yeah, this is going nowhere fast. Yeah. Bye, I'm leaving the he ring. He just cuts him off. Yeah, he leaves the ring. Yeah, Karch. it's amazing. That was good. About the balls on Karch. Good for Karch. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, more live event promos, you know, buy your tickets to Panda Express or wherever. What? <laughs> Back to Larry Nelson, who wants to... Uh, this, this was very nice. I love this. Yeah. He wants to show us a Christmas card. That he got from Dublin, Ireland. It's from M. Morrissey. M. Morrissey Quinn is our fan of the week. That's, that's very sweet, that's, right? And that's it. That's like it. they're just like thank, thanks, uh, thank you. Michelle. I think For whatever they the said. Name she. Was. she. That's what I'm it's just she. assuming. Yeah. And Larry Nelson then wishes us a very happy and healthy New Year <laughs> as we sign off. It's like so nice, and <laughs> I, I, I don't know this. This whole show, it's very, like, behind the times. That ending is very indicative of behind oh, the yeah. times. But it's not like awful. No, it wasn't. It's this was like, an easy watch. It's just so old yeah like, uh, 
hopeless. I, I just it, I feel like it should smell like a retirement home if I was like at the event. Like mothballs. Yeah, like shady pines. Yeah, it's just <laughs> It was okay though. This wasn't a bad show. Yeah, it's kind of depressing how behind the times though it is. Like even in '88. Well, because with Vern, it was too little, too late. Yeah. By the time he realized, maybe Greg told him and punched that button finally, and Greg told him, "Look, Dad, we've got to catch up here. Vince yeah, and Crockett are the, both killing us. They are us. not like this anymore." Right. By the time he did that, a lot of his talent was gone. That's yeah. the problem. And Kurt, their champion here. Would be gone within six months. Kurt's like, I want to go like make money and do Unfortunately, cool things, like and yeah, have a career. Exactly. <laughs> but I will say this: this was compared to some of the other AWA and other territory stuff we've watched. Well paced, well produced. Yeah. Uh, and there were regular squash matches that were squash matches. Nothing was long or awkward. Uh, the Medusa the women's match wasn't good, but, yeah, but they were trying to act like that was some kind of classic that it just wasn't. And I want to just reiterate, folks, in case you don't watch this, which I don't blame you, the wrestling itself, like, they weren't sloppy or bad. It was just boring. Yeah. They were good. They actually wrestled They were fine. just doing the thing where somebody taught them how to have a good match. They were just, but they were just, like, going through the motion. That's what it, it felt like. like, yeah. It's kind of like when you tell, then you see, like, NXT, yeah. and you see the younger guys who are just learning, and a lot of times they'll do a lot of wrestles because it's, like, fundamentals and the basics and this is how they're taught by right. people like this is how you wrestle a good match right 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 but they don't know what those pieces do correct and that's what this felt like that is that's a fair way to look at it quinn yeah but overall nice little snapshot of the uh the last several years of the awa i thought it was actually fine it was my idea i'll take the credit of the blame on this one but folks next week when we come back we've got more for you because we're going to be reviewing something we're going to finish off the royal rankings next week of the oh, best yeah, finishers wow. that's right and we'll have another uh, round of will you stop until that time thank you guys so much for supporting the show be sure to follow us on twitter at ovp podcast you can email us ovp podcast at gmail.com think about the patreon would you just check it out there's some cool content on there patreon.com slash ovp podcast and join the group on facebook but until next time i'm joe Morata. that's michael quinn and we're out of here see ya yeah you got it you know when all you people were at home eating turkeys we were at the gym training and wrestling and in the record book she is now the world champion Nick Kaniski, if I could ask you before you get away, what in fact were you doing on the ring apron at the end of that bout? I just wanted to see a better view and I went to congratulate her because I know it was a foregone conclusion she was to become the ladies heavyweight world champion. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this is going nowhere fast.